Welcome to the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. I am your good buddy, Roger. And I am your good buddy, Brandon. And we're back for we're back. episode 19. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it the comeback. <laughs> but we coming back. And I'll come on your back. Yeah, we coming on back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's fucked up. I'm sorry. Wow. What's up? We got to restart? Yeah. Let's restart. No. <laughs> we're fine. We're in. We're in the thing. Hey, I man, you've heard worse. sequence you've heard worse. and nose there. Can't oh, wait to God. hear those back. Um, so we're covering the second half of Fooly Cooly. We did miss a week last week, and that was because my stress levels were to the max. We're so kinda, sorry. I kind of had a, a sort of a situation, an emergency going on in my family. We're so I very did sorry. put out a video today, which is the 27th, I yes, believe. Yes, I saw that one. So if you go to the Rapid Kick Media YouTube channel, you can see my update video on all of our... Of course, for you, it was yesterday because you're probably listening to this tomorrow unless you're watching it on YouTube, yeah, in which true. case it was two days ago. Why even date ourselves, Roger? Well, I was... Why even mention dates? I said the date that, that today was. <laughs> so it went up today, which it was is the great. 27th, and it gives you a whole breakdown of all of our content and what we're looking to do forward from here. Yeah, man. And getting back to regular, which should start as of whenever you're hearing this. So Do the dang old thing. Um, I will, I'll spare you all the details there if you want to find them out. You can go to that YouTube video. It's the channel, the Rapkick Media channel update. Point is, we ain't gone nowhere. <clears throat> yeah. And we'll never go anywhere. We just missed a week. we love our good buddies. We, we missed a week. My brain was we were bogged just, down. I did we not just, think I could carry a conversation. We were just saying, this is going to be episode 19. It should have been episode 20, but really it's episode 21 because we've had a zero and a bonus episode. Yeah. This is Blackjack. We blackjacking. Yep. Anyway. But he's also going to say that we blackjacking on the official 21. <laughs> well, damn straight. <laughs> I'm always blackjacking, baby. But Roger, tell me something. What's up, buddy? What have you been watching? Dude, I, I finished Tina Mitsuri. Hell yeah, you did. Was it great? Uh, yes, I, I actually I love that series a whole lot. I'm going to have to make sure I watch that. I hope they do some more with it. I really do. If they don't, it's still good in its own little shell, but I hope they do more with it. And I finally started that Darling and the Franks. I, I heard watched, it starts good and it gets shitty. I watched the first five and it was real good. I heard it gets bad. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll keep us informed because I'm not going to stop watching. I'll you let me know, man. I'll probably watch it eventually, yeah. too. Uh, but so far, so good. So so they're like these robots, man. And they run around like And cats. the robots all like like the... They're like ligers and shit? No. <laughs> there is one that's similar like, to ligers. I remember, I remember seeing a clip where the one's like running on all fours. So these the uh, the robots are piloted by uh, a male and a female. And the lady has to like bend over yes. in front of him. Fuck you. So, okay. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Fuck it's you. all it's all like one big metaphor for sex. I don't know if there's That's any the other worst. meaning to it than that, but it, it totally is. And like whenever the little suit clicks in over the girl, they're like, uh. <sighs> uh, it's like, what is going on here? The first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I mean, there are things like, like their compatibility issues or sometimes the guy, if he's with the wrong girl, he can't perform. Uh, I hope um, you can hear my deep, deep, disappointed sighs. It's actually kind of cool the way they do it because these kids know nothing about that. Oh, they're children that are doing the allegory yes, for they're, sex. They're, they're young you. teens. Thank you. But they have no idea what it is. 
Um, at least most of them don't. And it is so far. I mean, it's pretty great. And the robots are super cool. I heard it gets bad. I heard it. I heard it later we'll on. See. It's not as good. So before I started watching it uh, months ago, it. Who am I, um, I saw this report where people fans were riding against it around the thirteenth or fourteenth episode. And there's mm-hmm. a character in there named Ichigo, and they Ichigo. were they were referring to her as Bichigo. And they were writing the they were writing the the dude that wrote I don't know if he wrote it or directed or what was going on. They were writing him like hate mail, severe hate mail, and and sending him death threats and stuff over bitchy go. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Um, That's fucked up. So I'm excited to see what happens there. <laughs> what could lead the weeds to revolt in such a nature? I mean, it don't take much these days. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Yeah, everybody's a Star Wars fan these days. Everybody's pissed um, off. You got your damn nerds, and weebs, and your Noobs and but you. so far on that anime, so good. It is pretty unique thus far. I will I will watch all the way through, and I'll keep giving you guys the the verdict of everything. But that's all I've really I've been so busy with the other stuff. Um, I'm just now getting my life kind of back to normal, so I missed. You know, I got I caught Hinamitz. Oh, I watched the new episode of Full Metal Panic. Mm. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. What have you been watching, dude? Anything good? Uh, not a whole hell of a lot. Um, Playing anything good? Been been following up on that Hanebado I told you about the badminton anime. It's mm-hmm. pretty fun. I'm I'm still feeling it. It's it's pretty cool. They really they really slap them shuttlecocks around. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've still been watching that flip flapper show. Where well, do couple- I go to get my shuttlecock flapped Stop. around? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, been wa- watched a couple more episodes of that flip flapper. Still not done with that one. I'm enjoying it. Uh, the art style is really cool with it. They uh, every now and then up they'll end up in this. Um, they, they it seems like every episode they take a trip to this uh, kind of a wonderlandy kind of world, and every all the colors mm-hmm. are crazy looking. It's just really it's really fun to look at. And then like I don't know, it's just just a good time. Um, more on that when I finish it, I suppose. But uh, no, I haven't been watching a whole hell of a lot. I know you're bummed out that there was no new My Hero Academia yeah, this week. Because they did the there was like a programming break yeah, in, in the Japan, in the regular, so, so they yeah. did that with the dub too. Yeah, and I was saying that I'm I've been really I can't click on any of my links because my little my yeah. little Google news stories it keeps popping up stories about my hero academia and one of them was like oh big reveal about this mysterious traitor in the show and I'm like I can't click that Uh," it made me real sad yeah so I was diving deep into some fan 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 theories some fan theories before you told me that and Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about it uh, now I have a a different suspect in mind that it could be um What's her name? Uh, do you want me to tell you the suspect? I mean, tell me. My suspect? Uh, it's Uchaka, dude. Uchaka is... She's the, the levitating girl. The levitate? No. Yeah. I. How do you say her full name? I thought it was Araka or something. It, it is. It's Araka. Is it Uchaka? Araka? Yeah, it Just might be. Names. It, Uraka sounds right. Names and uh, words. MHA. Uraka. I saw a clip of that MHA video game and it looked uh, It's Uchaka Uraka. Uraka, okay. Um, Ochako. No. So. No, not her. But she's so cool. Yeah. She got floaty. But power. have you ever noticed that there's never been any backstory on her at all? I mean, there hasn't been any backstory seen... on fucking Inviso Girl either, or Naval Boy. That's true. Um, we we talking are, all that. We shit. are it's gonna just because she's a slightly more main character. We are gonna get some more on uh, just because of her proximity to Mister Mister Naval Laser Boy. 
Just because of her proximity to Deku, I feel like. That's um, silly. Maybe. It's almost like they're putting him out there to be the traitor to give you the little bait and switch, dude. How do you, did you, but did you love that fucking episode where they look through each other's rooms? Yes, I did. <laughs> I thought it was great. You love Mineta because he's like, come on in, lady. Nobody, I was like, <laughs> and I was curious, like, what is his room like? I want to see that grape juice room, dude. I want to see them sticky balls on the sticky walls. Gross. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that episode. And then you had a little yeah, emotional it was bit super with, fun. with Froppy at the end. Oh, shit was cute. That was a good one. That was a good episode. All right. Uh, but no, beyond, beyond my shows I haven't been watching, I did. I told you I finished. Uh, I was replaying Final Fantasy VII because it's on PlayStation 4. And I was like, I'm a platinum this shit. And I did. I was shocked that, one, they fixed some translation errors. Two, they missed a lot of other translation errors that they didn't fix. And three, they left in, I told you about this, there's a bit where you're running up some stairs or optionally mm-hmm. running up some stairs. And you're running up stairs and Tiff and Barrett with you. And Barrett's like, oh, I can't go anymore. Oh, oh, just go without me. And Tifa says, quit, uh, quit being a re-slur and keep running. She just straight up. It, like it's all in text, obviously, but she straight up calls him a that a, an artard. It's yeah. like this is fucked up. I can't believe they left that in there. But all right. Anyway, beyond that, I'm now. That's nice. Isn't a Final Fantasy podcast? Although we could definitely do one of those. Yeah, we could. We definitely could. <sighs> anyway. That's what we've been watching. Tell yeah. us what you've been watching in the comments, or yeah. you know, send us a like or whatever. Sorry if I'm a little like less not not super enthusiastic. I got a little bit of a migraine running right now, so I'm trying to trying yeah. To keep it Brandon's, smooth. Brandon's trying to get his head out. Trying to keep it smooth. Trying to get his head out of his migraine. My head out of my mind. That is yeah. where it goes. That yeah. is where they go. Anyway, uh, what are we? What what did we just watch though? And what are we talking about this week, my dude? We're talking about the second half of Fooly Cooly Progressive. We already covered the first three. Now we're gonna cover the last three. Three, four, or sorry, four, five, and six. Let's do that shit. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Starting with episode four. Episode four, okay, has a really weird title. It's Loopker. 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 It's L O O capital P capital Q capital R. Loopker. Uh, and the Japanese translation for it is uh, Rai Ray, if anybody knows what that means. Nope. Nope, not me. Loopker. All right. Tell us what it's all about. Let's break it on down. This one was interesting because unlike like every other episode, it doesn't start with one of those dream sequences. Uh, apparently because we know at the end of the last one, the friggin' lockdown went into effect mm-hmm. on Hadomi's headphones. It appears that she has now switched places with Dream Hadomi, who's all happy and shit, and is, like, down for dying and whatnot, because she is just bouncing around, super happy. There's these little, like, bits where other characters are commenting on it. It's kind of done as a interview. So, like, you see, like, it, you see this person, they're talking to the camera, and it shows their name and age. Notably, uh, Hadomi's mom's age is uh, scratched out because you don't a lady does not reveal her age uh haruko claims to be 16 not no way uh but yeah everyone's talking about how nobody knows what's going on there's a bit where hidomi's running to the school and she passes uh what was either a bike or scooter i think it was a bike and there's a cat on it that is literally just Nauta's cat. Yeah, it's Nauta's cat with a big old. Big He's old got that big old bell. Yeah, man. That was. 
I don't know what that's about. You never know. His, his, they, they drew. No, no, no. He's got that. the big old nuts. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the big old nuts. Now. <laughs> He's seen them big old nuts, man. I will say this because I think this is interesting. We know for sure Hark is not 16. Uh, in the last series, this is happening after the first mm-hmm. Fooly Cooly series. In that one, she claimed to be 20, which Amaro and Nauta both said was a lie. Amaro even says she's been tw- she was 20 when he was her his age, when he was Nauta's age. So she's for sure not 20. Perhaps she is an ageless alien. She's definitely some kind of alien. But here, I think it's interesting she cl- that her little thingy says 16. Because <clears throat> there, was, there was one thing I was thinking, all right, well... What if, because we know she split, her and Jinyu split, what if that was 16 years ago? So she's 16, quote unquote. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out timelines. I don't feel like that really matters in the scheme of things, but whatever. Point is, uh, nobody knows what's going on with her. Jinyu says it's an emergency measure for medical mechanical personality is a weird side effect. And at the cafe, the Haruko, Jinyu, and Ide are going over a plan for how to, you know, fix Hidomi basically while a choir behind them is is singing funiculi funicula you know that one it's that pizza song yeah I heard the song I, yeah. that's what they're singing ah uh, okay okay I don't know the words other than that part funiculi funicula funicula a lot of people get sued about that because they're like, oh, this is like a traditional like Italian or Neapolitan song, right? right? I can just I can just make this. Uh, I can just use this in this something. Nah, the, son, that's copyright. This is in the public domain, right? It's absolutely <laughs> not. It was made specifically. I looked it up. It was made specifically for like the opening of some kind of rail tram system that like went to the top of the mountain. That's what the song is about. Going to the top of the mountain. Going to the top of s- taking somebody on top of spaghetti. Somebody going to Space Mountain. Yeah, man. Where's that Ric Flair at? Foolish. Woo. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they're going over this plan. Ide's trying to get Hargo to help. Hargo doesn't want to help. Jinyu says they have to go to Metalcanica. Uh, then we see Marco, friend from school. He's running to work, turns a corner, slams right into Hadomi, who is drawing on a shop window. And he like has a moment like watching her for a second because he's like really into happy Hadomi. He actually thinks she's like he's the only one who isn't weirded out by her. Uh. And he, he's like, eh, he's kind of cute. It's like, oh, Marco, you're adorable. It's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, he gets to his job at the park, which is getting a new attraction, a Viking ship. Aiko is there uh, doing one of her rent-a-dates and, uh, you know, finishes that up. And Marco Marco's there for a ship. The old dude is there, who we find out his name, Mr. Tonkichi, uh, wearing a mascot outfit. He is Mr. Dodo, and it's adorable. Don't you love Mr. Dodo? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we then see, we cut to uh, Eye Patch Dude and Hat Dude. Hat Dude, who is uh, Masurao. I think I mentioned that before. That's his name. I don't think they ever actually call him that, but that is his name. Yeah. Um, And he's arguing with him about, hey, you lost the flower pot. Where's the flower pot? Oh, no, we found the flower How pot. How do you lose something as big as a flower pot? It's a great question. Uh, they also mentioned that it was made. That thing was made from pieces of this thing, and they're pointing at Conti. So mm-hmm. apparently, they like repurposed him. And he's got like him. this Evangelion like crucifixion yeah, he's like, thing going he's on. He's like here. strapped up to a crown. It's really weird. It, it looks like a uh, Lilith from Evangelion. Yeah, like, it's that's... literally, literally, uh, fucking Ava shit. All right, uh, it's weird. It's weird, but I guess yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, Aiko comes home, uh, hears them talking about uh, something about reversing the flow of N.O. Um, 
And as she walks into the room, the room real quick transforms again. Conti like falls off and like slams onto the little side table because he's the TV and everything looks relatively normal. And, uh, I patch tries to give her some, uh, amusement park tickets and she doesn't want them. Uh, mentions the Viking ship. They just got a new Viking ship thing at the amusement park and they both freak out. They're like, it was already installed. Like we got to hurry. Like something's going on. Obviously it's some kind of something with their plans and their functionality. I don't know, man. These guys are weird back at the park. Uh, Marco is strapped into the Viking ship ride and is uh, getting ready to test it. Um, which we see in a minute and holy shit, does he test the fuck out of it? Hidomi's still skipping around, uh, bemusing about dreams. She's talking about, um, you know, Oh, I was in a dream, but now the dream's reality and all this stuff. Like she's always, she's saying really weird shit when she's happy. Hidomi, she's bouncing around being weird. She's so happy too. She's so fucking happy. It's adorable. You love that. She's so happy for once. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, we then see, uh, as she's skipping around, we see Jinyu Harko and Ide in Jinyu's car, like kind of, kind of shadowing her and they cut back to them, uh, going over their plan before they actually enact it saying, uh, the idea is that they have to destroy the receptor and the transmission source at the same time. One of which is inside mechanical, medical mechanical, the other, which is obviously the headphones. So they need to try and break them both at once. Uh, the headphones are receiving this bizarre radio wave. Uh, Jinyu says Haruko is to destroy the outer antenna. Jinyu is going to go inside with Hidomi and destroy the uh, the outside, the inner antenna or whatever. Uh, and we see the three of them in that car. They fly up and Marco's like, what am I going to do? And that's when you see them driving up and he's just hanging out of the side of the car. He looks kind of cool. He's got like a, they've all got trench coats on. He actually looks cool for once. He looks like a Lupin character. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, hey, tell me. And just snatches her and the car flies off like while he's grabbing her out of the freaking. When I said Hedomi, I sounded like goddamn Inuyasha. Kakome, Hedomi. Anyway. Oh no. He spends a lot of time screaming Hedomi. Like a lot of time screaming Hedomi in this thing. But yeah, they end up snatching her and the the car flies off toward the medical mechanic building. At the park, Marco's on this fucking ride. Tonkichi, Mr. Dodo, flips a switch and this thing, the ship, the, the seats in the, it's like one of those, Viking, they say Viking ship, it's like one of those pirate ship rides, just rocks back and forth, it's a big boat. Mm-hmm. And the thing flips upside down so that now he's on the underside of it. People sleep on the Viking ship, man. You ever been on one of those? Hell no. I mean, I've been on one of those. I've, uh, you said sleep on it? Yeah, man. They sleep on it, dude. Like, like they they think it's a less cool ride. I mean... But it's a pretty cool ride. If it's you all get, right. If you get the right ones, man. It's just a big-ass swing. Ain't nothing wrong with a big-ass swing. Yeah. But, you know, if you get the ones that go way up and you're on the I mean, I've been on back, the one that goes way good. up, and that, that freaked me out a little bit because it went way, way up. I have seen... I've seen ones, and they they definitely not the ones I would have been on because everybody would have fell out that bitch, but I've seen ones that like go all the way upside down and shit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no way. See, that's why I like the Viking ship, because it doesn't go all the way upside down, and I just know, I don't like, I like theme parks, and I like fun rides and stuff, but mm-hmm. I just know that my fat ass is going to slip right out of that Hell thing. Yeah. I got, I got a Be lot of... real dead. I got a lot of gravity going against me, okay? Yeah, I'm not. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, Roger, no. 
Um, but yeah, he he flips a switch. The seats flip. He's on the underside, and he's like, boom, like his head, this helmet thing he's wearing is like jamming through those big roller things that are making it go back and forth. It looks not fun. Yeah. Uh, back at the Big Iron, which is the medical mechanic building, Jin Yu and Harko are arguing about how they're gonna get in. Hidomi finds the potted plant in the back <clears throat> of the car and throws it in the air, uh, and screams something because she's so happy. She's like, yay! And it flies into the air. Falls back down, smashes into Ide's head. His head glows. A portal opens. Jinyu tells, uh, and as as Jinyu and Harko are, are arguing, uh, this portal opens. Right as and right when you hear Jinyu say her last little bit, she says something about it doesn't want you. Don't you get it? Uh, and shoom, they both get sucked into this head, and then immediately cut back to Masarau, um, and uh, Eye Patch. He's pa- they're packing up Conti uh what's left of him i guess and they talk for a little bit about him being some kind of shell um he actually says the owner of the shell isn't a living creature between a li- uh so more like he's something between a living creature and a planet and the other guy's like big planet it's like wh- what is this conversation even happening i don't know but something about uh conti being you know something that lived was he's he's dead now he's just a dead shell and how whatever was in him was something extremely powerful. Well, we know it was Atomisk when he was in there. Um, but yeah, the computer beeps. The flower pot is apparently moving. And they mention again that it's flowing in reverse. It's a reverse flow. That's what mm-hmm. that portal that it's sucked them in was. N-O. So here's the thing. Like, so that makes sense to me. Because originally, like in the first series and in this one, that shit coming out of their heads, the robots and whatnot, are robots from Medical Mechanica. So it makes sense that it's that's the regular way. When it reverses, now Genu and Harko just got sucked in. So they are now in Medical Mechanica, which is where stuff comes from. What I don't get is that in the first series, those robots came out and they had a purpose, which was to get to the iron and like activate it or whatever. Which is why the iron was always freaking out. That last one in the first Fooly Cooly one was a giant hand that actually managed to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. But like these ones, they don't appear to have any purpose. They don't yeah. do it. They just kind of show up and do shit. One of them even <clears throat> listens to Ide when he tells it to go attack Haruko. Like, ah, that's weird. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's whatever. I'm, I'm I'm comparing them again. I know I'm being a bitter asshole who just liked the original one better, but you know what? Yeah. I am a bitter asshole. <laughs> Sorry. And his asshole is bitter. Don't ask me. I heard from a friend. Don't lie to him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, uh, reverse flow. Uh, back at the iron, Ide is asking Hadome if she's always gonna be so hyper. And Hidomi, kind of a little bit more chilled out than she has been, just says, I've always been like this. And the car starts moving again uh, with both of them in it. Cut back to Jinyu and Haruko, who are inside the iron now. Jinyu is following Haruko uh, up this like flight of stairs. And Jinyu's telling her, I didn't write down everything, but she says... Uh, she says, you don't get it. He needs his freedom. And Haruko's like refusing to listen to any of this. And Jinju says, you need to join me, Raharu. You're me after all. And that's when Haruko finally stops and like turns and looks all pissed off at her. And she says something like, all right, then fine. And Jinju for a sec is like, oh, she's listening. And then Haruko says, I am going to devour you. And she's got her goggles on and she looks pissed. 
pissed. She looks real mad. Um, so the car with them in it lands on top of the iron. Hidomi uh, muses uh, for a little bit. She like gets out of the car. She's walking, and she's like, again, very like in a happy sing-songy way, talking about this depressing shit about how she doesn't have a father. She doesn't really have a mother, and she says that if everything were destroyed, then we can start over. And she's like. It's her, that's her hap, like she was so happy about like everything being wiped away and destroyed in dreams and whatnot. So this is, this is that in the real world now. And it's a bit of a bummer. Um, Edomi holds her headphones and uh, talks about how she doesn't want to hear the crying anymore. Says that's why these things are perfect. And she's just like holding them over, over her ears. Um, again, blocking out the noises blocking cutting the whole world out uh as Jin you said earlier inside the iron uh inside metal mechanica haruko is attacking Jin Yu. they are flying through this this big um it's like a big dome kind of thing they fly in uh, in toward the center of this dome through one of the walls toward the what appears to be like a brain sitting on like top of a of top of like a brain, brain? <laughs> well that's the thing it looks like a brain it yeah. kind of looks like balls I get it. Um, there's also like like there's like a spinal column going running yeah, down too. Yeah, it's like spinal column brain thing. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of symbolism there. Um as there has been through the whole series. Uh which might be the transmitter, I guess. And it must be because they Harka like throws Jinyu into it, slams her, and then the thing, you know, blows up. Uh and as soon as it does, the sirens start wailing and Hidomi falls in pain. She's on still on top of the iron or whatever. Uh, at the park, Marco is straight up spinning around like full 360s in this thing. He is he is he's going all the way around, and the helmet that he is uh, that he's wearing starts to crack uh, on his on top of his head like it's breaking apart. Hidomi now back of the iron is st- is just screaming, and she starts like. The, the lockdown goes off, the headphones fall off, and she starts saying, I'm going to overflow, I'm going to overflow. Ide asks what I would ask, what the fuck does that mean? And a blue hand shoots out of her hand, and she starts floating. Blue hand shoots out of her hand? Blue's out head. of her head. Yeah, shoots yeah. out of her head, yeah, sorry. And she's, like, floating in the air as this is happening. Um, she's, she's, like, floating off the ground. Uh, blue arm shoots out of her head. And uh, she says, wait, I wrote this down. Blue hand shoots out of her head, and she says, the world is turning inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy, so don't. You don't like that one? I don't know that one. That's fucking, you know that one. Do I? It's Don't Stop Me Now, Queen. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the line. And the world is turning inside out. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Now I got you. Now you know what? It wasn't the wasn't my best. Now I'm still on the the. Now I'm on the same Inno channel as you. Dumb. <laughs> you still you're just stuck on last episode where we kept talking about fucking Fallout Boy and shit. That's yeah. what it is. Anyway, where is your boy? Uh, we get while this is happening though, we get some interesting flashbacks. We see um, now see this is one that I always thought was interesting because I know Harko throughout the whole series, three in the last series as well, she has this metal bracelet that has this what looks like a big square link of a chain on it, mm-hmm. and it whenever it rattles, never mm-hmm. starts moving, you know it's reacting to energy. Specifically, it points toward Atomisk. 
which is why like later on in the series when like he actually shows up and then like the very last thing you see of Adamisk in the first series leaving is he's there's a big ass red flying bird in the sky this big phoenix thing and it zips away and it's gone and you see her hand reaching toward the sky with that little link on it going like reaching for it and then it just kind of falls away because he's too far now he's gone yeah um which is pretty interesting and then there's this very quick like blink and you'll miss it flash you see haruko's wrist and this and an atomist who on his beak has the under the net other as another one of those chain links and there's a chain between them and it breaks like that was when she had him Mm. or whatever which is pretty interesting like that that whole chain just shatters uh, and he's getting away, I guess. The damn barking dog. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, the arm now forces its way completely out of her head. Uh, Jinyu is, and it's Jinyu. It's, uh, she's like halfway, she's like waist deep in Hadomi's head. Like she's pulling herself out when a red arm flies out of Hadomi's head and grabs her and try, is trying to pull her back. And like Jinyu glowing blue and Haruko glowing red both emerge out of Hidomi's head and they fly out and they start like just beating the shit out of each other They're flying around just ping 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 bouncing off each other as they zip and zoom around Hidomi like still like she's still floating and then like after this happens she just falls and like lands in the back of the car uh Marco on that ride is screaming he remembers bumping into Hidomi and you actually see it from another angle now when he bumped into her he bumped into her his head hit her head so it looked like there was some transference there kind of like in the first uh series uh Nata did that with uh, Nina Mori, I think her name was, which is probably my favorite episode of that show anyway. But um, yeah, they uh, he's he's screaming and you see this um, light glowing on his head after the 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 what do you call um, the helmet fully breaks off of him. And this horn, this goofy little horn pops out of his head. And as he spins around and like is you know about to skim the ground again it catches in the cement and it ends up like flinging him off off of this ride it just flies toward the freaking mechanical medical mechanical building and he's he's just flung toward it and he lands in front of it and what appears to be a big ass palm tree it's a bamboo shoot like a bamboo shoot just shoots out of his head, lifts the iron off the ground, so it is like going upward, and a little robot forms that starts climbing up it, like a like yeah. a it's a little like wheelie thing that's yeah, like going man, it's up a, the tree. It's a bamboo shoot that shoots, the, man. What, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is any of that? I don't know. I, don't I can't know. tell you, dude. I know it's a bamboo shoot though. All right. I, anyway. I wasn't saying that you you, I wasn't calling you out for saying it's a palm tree. All, gonna, all, I, was, all I was saying is that I it, it was a bamboo shoot. Just gonna pull up this episode because I remember palm tree, and you know what? Let's fucking duke it out, bud. Okay. It's probably about right. Now that right there. Looks an awful lot more like a palm tree than a bamboo shoot to me. Okay, let's see. Bamboo shoot. This is great radio, I know. It is. We're debating. Anyway. Here you go, buddy. Who gives a shit? It's some kind of tree thing. That's a bamboo shoot. You're a bamboo shoot. 
Okay, once the no no see here, once the thing's on it, yeah, that's for sure a bamboo shoot. What are we looking at? Bamboo shoots. Yeah, all right. Like once it's up here, I'm like, okay, for sure, I can see the little green segmented bits. What yeah. the fuck is this robot too? Like what the goddamn? All right, I'm I'm becoming more and more bitter. Anyway, uh, yeah, fucking bamboo shoot thing flies up, climb, robots climb the tree. Car is because the iron is now being tipped up, rolling toward the edge. Ide is running after it. The tree bot is shooting missiles at Haruko and Jinyu. Good lord. Uh, Marasuer and iPad see the fight from way back here, there, and they're like, is that the Pirate King? No, but this power is... what?" And, like, Ide is jumping, running after the car. He manages to grab it, and he's like, hey. And he sees uh, a Hidomi wakes up for a second, and he and he says, hey, you're awake. And then, like, slams into a freaking pole because he's not watching where he's running, just bashes <laughs> his own brains in. Keeps running after the car, jumps off the building after the car. As the car is falling down, he is, like, swimming, swimming through the, the air, trying to get boop, to this car. Boop, 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 with his she grabs him and pulls him into the car. Oh, my God. Jin Yu, still fighting Harko, like, flies back and grabs the car before it hits the ground. And she is holding it. Uh... She's like r- flying with it. You hear Haruko scream, you better not let your guard down. And she hits the shit out of Jinyu. There is a lot going on here. And that's why I'm doing it quick. And she throws the car. She takes the car, throws it at the tree bot. Big explosion. Uh, but Jinyu manages to grab it. And she's holding it as the smoke clears. She's also got like what appears to be a firecracker or something hanging out of her mouth. Like she's hel- holding it like a... Like yeah, a, it's like a sparkler. Or yeah, something. it's like a sparkler she's holding in her in I her imagine that it had something to do with the, the firework analogy that they keep going yeah. with. Yeah, see, that comes back in the last episode too. But um, the iron starts falling back down. Uh, it has been tipped up. It starts to tip back down. But Haruko attacks, uh, smashes the fuck out of Jinyu... And you just see Jinyu go like that and like the sparkler fall out of her yeah. mouth. And you get the wide shot. She has knocked a hole clean through Jinyu. Boom, another huge explosion. The plant stands completely up. Like if you're taking a pause through your iron, you set it down like on its back base. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at this point it kind of resembles a tombstone even. And Ide and Hidomi and the car uh, hit the ground. And when they when they get up and they look, they see Haruko is holding a lifeless Jinyu. And they have a brief conversation here. And Jinyu says, uh, I just uh, she says something like, I just wanted him to have his freedom. And uh, no, she says, I just wanted him to have his freedom. I love him. Uh, if you love me, you got to let it go, baby. If you love me, let me get. All right. Uh, Haruko says, you don't get it. Everything has always been him. His. His shackles, his freedom. There isn't anything in this world that doesn't belong to him. Nothing. And Ariko stands there for a second looking at her. She says, well, that settles it. So we're not the same after all. And Jinyu says, I guess so. And Haruko uh, says something like, it's okay. We can finally be together now. Which seems really nice until she then turns into this monster vaguely bee like monster it actually like you could if you pause it you mm-hmm. can see it like has like six or so legs yeah it's got like a little stinger on the back of it it looks like it might have tiny little wings and this thing has a giant head that just chompity chomps on jit yeah Jinyu. so you Oof. know a lot of people have speculated that could be her true form because it looks like a wasp kind of 
Mm, she's um, a Vespa, Vespa and, woman. Yeah, yeah, the Vespa woman. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she straight up chomps on Jinyu. Jinyu's gone. Is now has been consumed by Haruko. Her glasses are flying through the air, and Haruko grabs them, slips them on. Her hair is pink again. Yep, her hair is back normal. That's why I said at the beginning the thing mm. about the orange hair. Her hair turns pink when she consumes Jinyu. Yep, she laughs and she uh, has some line, and she says. Uh, she jumps on top of the car and holds her hand out to Hidomi. She says, now, why don't you come with me, too? And Hidomi finds the uh, headphones laying in the dirt and puts them on. Uh, Marco wakes up nearby and uh, looks and sees Hidomi and Ida. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, Marco, yeah. chill out. Um, and she sa- Hidomi says, I understand now. I know what you want. And that's why I won't go with you. And that's that episode. She wants... His power. Who wants that power, baby? I mean... Do you know where the power lies? I will show you where the treasure is buried. Oh, man. I would love to see where the treasure is buried, buddy. You're the worst. Where's it at? Um, show me that treasure. But that's that episode. That was episode four. We're on to episode, Good episode. five now. That was a really fun episode, too. I liked it a lot. That's the one that... So, if you... I know we both said this when we first watched it... Uh, when we first talked about it after we watched it. And I've seen, like pretty much every single comment and or review I've seen about this show says that, yeah, this is the most FLCLFs is the most fully cool. It's the mm-hmm. most like the original series, which, um, yeah. 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 And then episode five takes a departure from that though. Yeah. And to you, some, some levels, let's say this first, you didn't like this one the first time around. Okay, no, I was I, a little I like meh that, about I it. I said that it was your least favorite. Yeah. Not that you a, didn't like it, but it yeah, was your least favorite. It was my least favorite Fooly Cooly episode of them all. Uh, however, I did still appreciate it and I liked it, I would say. But upon the second watch, I, I liked it more. And also, I want to take a note. And I, you know, I said that, and I'd been complaining the whole time, like, they need to turn the music up. They need yeah, to turn they the crank music it up. in this one. And this is the only episode where they truly crank that damn music, and it is freaking glorious. I really loved it. I don't know. Maybe I didn't have the TV loud enough the second time I watched man. it, but... I told you what it was, is they, they were listening to our podcast, they heard you complain about the music being too low, and they're like, well, let's turn it on up, and they cranked it on up for you, but then you got on the next day and said, man, I didn't like this episode, this is my least favorite, yeah, and they were like, well, shit, turn it back down, man. Turn the music down. <laughs> but, um, Foolish. Yeah, so, this episode's all over the place, I'll let you take it away, it's... It's pretty wild. This is episode five. Fool on the Planet. Fool on the Planet, which I believe is actually the name of a album by the the, the by the pillow, didn't it? I don't know. I think Could it be. is. The uh, the Japanese one for it is Furapura. Or it's either name one of their albums or name one of their songs. I don't remember. Hoorah! Hoorah! All right. get that. Hoorah! Here we go. So this one has... For sure, my favorite opening sequence of the bunch. Uh, there is not a whole lot going on there, but it is beautiful. It goes from like this. This looks like charcoal it's like painting. Charcoal, yeah. yeah, this black and white, this very stark black and white. We see what appears to be Hidomi walking through a wasteland. She's finding like bitch of bits of uh, glass and debris and whatnot, and laying them down in a vaguely human shape. And then this smoke from uh one of the metal mechanical irons just billows around her which leads into one of the prettiest shots of the whole thing it's this beautiful like full color watercolor uh it's like like watercolor painting of her like 
laying in this water Mm -hmm. just it's very serene it's It's very pretty and it is i mean it it seems like i'm describing it like it's a painting and like it's just a still image but it is like moving it is animated it's so so pretty it's very very cool um yeah she's floating in some water uh and then the next thing you see is like uh her running down this beach running happily down this beach before she finally wakes up and this whole episode, like we said before, has like it go. It, the art style is very different. It's very sketchy. You can see all the sketch lines and whatnot. You mm-hmm. compared it to uh, Megalobox. I don't sort of like that, but kind of. But like, yeah. But like this one's like even more like it's super sketchy. It's yeah, like, it's like even more broke down. It's kind of like a lot of it is. Uh, it's just very rough, and I'm yeah, I like it a lot. It's like a pre-animation almost, like. Yeah, like back when they did cells and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it looks very sketchy and pre-animation, like yeah. something that you would see before the final polished. Product yeah, very much. So. A I, whole lot of this episode has shots like that in it. Yeah, too. I I liked uh, I like the animation of this one a lot. There's a bits like I said in the episode. I said before when we talked about it briefly. There's a couple. Sorry, does I wasn't watching was, a video or anything. What was that, buddy? It was a uh, advertisement. Yeah, it was an loading advertisement. up somebody's website. Yeah. Uh, let's see <laughs> what this average. Yeah, Stand against evil season three. Don't that's give what it no shout outs. They ain't paying us. Okay. Stand Sorry, against Stand evil. against evil. You, I did not see your ad. That's uh, what's that fool's name? I forget. But uh, is it Glass? Todd Glass? It's not Glass. It's the other guy. But as a comedian does that show, he's very funny. I forget his name. So obviously he's not that funny. Yeah. Um, Sucks. Hate it. But yeah, this one. Uh, so. Yeah, this uh, after after that little intro, we see Haruko. She's on top of the roller coaster at the amusement park. She is surrounded by tools and whatnot. She's uh, looks like she's been working on something, and you also see that she has this very distended stomach. She appears to be pregnant. It's probably just a food baby since she just ate a fucking person, um, and she like pushes her tummy. I just in thought it. it was just Jinyu. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. It looks kind of weird, but like particularly in a second, it 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 seems like it's you know. We'll get there. But uh, she pushes her stomach in and it like pops in, but then just pops back out. And uh, she then uh, she's like kind of sitting there for a second and her bracelet clinks a little bit. Does a little and she's like, huh? And she looks up, but all she sees is clouds. We then see Patch and Masarau, uh, if I'm saying that right, I'm probably not saying it right. Uh, but they have what's left of Conti in a truck. They're driving through all this fog and whatnot, and they arrive at a immigration center orbit elevator orbital elevator in uzu city uh of course we we know that in the previous series uh amaro and uh kitsurabami and them worked for this this you know uh intergalactic immigration thing which it appears to be this is what that is but uh they're basically just like it's kind of like a dump where you throw stuff and then it like ends up on this like immigration orbit thingy, uh, which is what they do. Um, uh, the gate guy actually handles Conti's head for a second. And for just that long, it flashes that Atomus symbol. Like it's still got some power in it, but back in school, uh, 
Maury is trying to get E-Day to go to the amusement park with them. He says there's a 99% discount for couples. How's a 99% discount even work? Just say free. Uh, Haruko rides in on her Vespa, announces that she's getting married and retiring, plans on becoming a... Uh, a re- uh, she, she met someone, she got married, and she's planning on being a housewife. And is this moment where she, when she says that she's gotten married, that she you see her for a second in a wedding dress, and she's got that big belly, and it looks like she's trying to, like, she's making the implication that she's already pregnant mm-hmm. is like what's going on there and i'm like all right that's somebody something um but yeah she says that she goes on about meeting her hubby at the amusement park the sketch that she shows them it's all crayon drawings of course and of course all the the kids are all hypnotized so they see whatever she wants them to see and the sketch that she draws is literally her in a wedding dress and a bird man in a tuxedo she's saying she married yeah. Adamus, which Adamus, is yeah. adorable um, but yeah, she then, uh, says that, uh, since she's, since she's retiring and everything, she wants the kids to skip class and go to the amusement park as well. And everybody bells except for Hidomi, who of course stays seated, uh, unfazed. Ide is also nonplussed about all this. And he says, uh, Hey, uh, you and I need to talk. And he has a guitar case, which of course we find out is uh has genu's guitar in it um so they meet up at this big empty pool haruko is in a swimsuit with a jacket on still got that big old belly and she's making fun of him and she's wiggling her toes at him and like i said before this is a straight up fetish episode yeah that's somebody 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 had a good time with this one yeah those little haruko feet you got them little you got you got your little footsies you got your pregnancy thing yeah, hell yeah. Somebody had a good old time with this episode. Um, but yeah, she's making fun of him and he's uh basically telling him, Hey, uh he's brandishing Jin Yu's guitar and uh telling her to leave Hibajiri alone. And again, she's just mocking him and whatnot. And they he he starts swinging at her and she is just effortlessly blocking and dodging and everything. He does manage to get one hit on her though. He like smacks her in the chin and her head goes up, which is a pretty good one. Uh Hibajiri is still sitting in class, hears something outside. So she just she's still just sitting there for the time being though. Uh Ide continues to fight in vain. Haruko trips him and then straddles him. Mm-hmm. She's just literally on top of him. And man, somebody something. Somebody had a lot of fun she with this. She does make episode. a comment too. Somebody was just cranking that hog. Bro. Yeah, cranking it, man. She yeah. says she's disappointed in him. Yeah, that she. This is why I taught you all of these things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is what? So remember, the teacher stayed the night at his house in the first episode or whatever. Well, the whole time that he was trying to attack her, she keeps like giving him tips on using the guitar. It's like hips in. Come on. Keep your head straight. Blah, blah, blah. Like it seems like maybe she was trying to like show him how to like fight or be like do the shit that she does. Obviously didn't take like maybe that's it. But I don't know. She does say something about all these things I taught you and whatnot. As she's like as she's straddling him. Swing your own bat. Yeah. As she's straddling him and running her finger down his chest and shit. It's like wow. Somebody just busted a big old nut on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's the noise that it makes. That is not the noise. Shoot your goo my dude. (laughs) Gross. All right. Um but yeah, she uh, she says she's disappointed, and he says, "Well, you know, I'm disappointed too." And she's like, "Huh?" 
and he looks at her very like angrily and like cockily like he knows this is gonna piss her off and he says you don't satisfy me and it does piss her off yeah like she she is upset by that uh we cut to hadomi who is running through the hallway and runs out a door and gets on the roof and slowly approaches the edge of this pool to find them in this very compromising position and she's like what she's like shocked by what she's seeing it, it it's too much for her and her head spawns a little black hole that sucks Ide's soul into it. Yeah, and like just his. Like this little... It just he just kind of, and he's gone. But all that's left is like this kind of a rubber. Like his shadow. I think it's like his shadow. Yeah, it's like or a something. shadow. It's like a rubber husk. Yeah. That, that what that's what's left of him with a little uh we've seen before uh i think in last episode he has these little they look i mean i guess they're headphones they look like tiny little speakers hanging out of his shirt yeah. pocket and they're still like attached to this like husk thing but that's all that's left of him and yeah it's just a flat rubbery husk is what i wrote down it looks like it looks like a deflated balloon or something it's a blow-up doll and he doesn't have any air all right uh little speakers hanging out over the heart of it uh meanwhile we cut back to the kids the whole class has arrived at the park and the uh mr dodo or whoever it is mr tonkichi i think um is announcing that there's 99 percent off for all couples and the kids are all like yay and they all just start pairing off so that they're all in couples and they all get inside uh mori is the only one left alone and he's texting aiko and like where are you and like ugly crying it's really funny um but then Inside the park, we get may, probably my favorite scene of the whole thing, I'll be honest. It's just very brief. It has nothing to do with anything, but it's a very goofy romantic scene that plays. So, okay, I want to talk about the scene because that art style in particular is like the, uh, it's like dating sim. That's what yeah. it was made to look like was a dating yeah, sim. Yeah, it's like the, is it is it shoujo? Is that the, is that the shoujo anime or whatever? Is that the word I'm looking for where it's all like the romancy shit? I don't know, but it, it's like one of those, and it does look very much like a very. The art style is very it's like too clean and too flat. Very flat, yeah, and it looks a lot like a like a dating sim or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty goofy. But there's a brief scene there between Misaki, who is a young girl, and Wataru, who is a a boy, and she's like, I just don't understand why. What, I mean, what's going on with us? And he finally, he, Wataru, professes his love uh, and says, no, you don't understand. I love you. And right then, as she's like, oh, my God, Wataru, Yuya, another boy, pops out of a bush nearby and says, but I love you, too. And they, like, they run toward each other. Um, like they're about to fight at uh, Wataru, uh, who just sees you. He's like, Yuya, what are you doing here? And like, they run at each other. Uh, the girl, uh, Misaki says, please stop fighting over little old me. And right as they meet, and it looks like they're about to punch each other, instead they wrap around each other in a big spiral. If you've ever read the, I mean, here we go. If, if you've ever read the uh, the entirety of the Uzumaki uh, story by freaking Junji Ito, they pull, they pull one of those from the end of that series. And they have a big old hug, like the two dudes. Like, it turns out they were the, they're the couple. It's pretty great, and then all three of their head glow, heads glow because they're they're building up that energy. I guess mm -hmm. it's pretty ridiculous. It has nothing to do with anything. I love that. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, 
Tonkichi, uh, Mr. Tonkichi is watching all this through a camera. Ihatch and Masurao uh, are clicking through a series of secret links on the website of this freaking uh, thing in order to access a secret call with Mr. Dodo, the mascot, who is, of course, Mr. Tonkichi, who drops his goofy Mr. Dodo attitude and they discuss the plan. He's asking about the flower pot. Where's the flower pot? He's like, don't worry about it. I'll have it when it's ready. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And he he keeps having to cut away to like uh talk to kids behind him like hey it's mr dodo like so they don't see him having this very surreptitious conversation aiko meanwhile is hearing a bit of this uh outside the door but she just goes up to her room and she's stashing away money in a jack-o'-lantern that she has uh all of her like rent-a-date money she's just storing in there apparently uh just saving up saving up uh hidomi we cut back to her and she is scooped up what's left of E-Day, this rubbery husk, and the speakers, you can hear him talking through them. She she hears him saying, so thirsty, water, or something like that, and she carries him over to a shower, one of the pool showers, and just stands under it holding him, holding this rubbery husk while the water runs over her. Um, and then we get a brief manga scene where she says, she says something like, I don't want to remember what happened this morning. And it's kind of like in the original series, you had those manga scenes, but this one's way more like, uh, clean and serious. Cause it's like, not a, not a goofy scene like those were in the original fully Cooley. It's a very, uh, emotional bit where like it's her and her mom mm-hmm. and, uh, her mom, uh, has, a, is apparently unpacking some new plates. Uh, she says, uh, she thinks Jinyu ordered them as recompense because she had broken so many of them. And, uh, mom says, uh, mom says that Hidomi's acting different and she doesn't, she doesn't really understand what she means by that. She's like, what do you mean? I'm no, I'm back to normal. She says, no, no, you're different. And Hidomi then sees mom packing things up. And mom's asking about E-Day and, oh, you know, you can't hide anything from me. How's that boy of yours? And Hidomi just cuts her off like, what are you doing? She's she's pissed off in this scene. Uh, it seems that mom is apparently closing up the cafe. And Hidomi's like freaked out by that. She doesn't understand what's going on. And mom says, well, no, no. Hidomi says, I thought you were going to stay and wait until dad comes home. And mom just says back, I think it's, I think it's time to stop. And it was obviously got a pretty serious thing between them. We get a little bit more of that in the next episode. But back in the shower, that rubbery husk inflates and just... And all of a sudden, it's like a balloon. She blew up the blow-up doll. Or the water did, I guess. And it starts to float away. And Hidomi just watches it floating up and up higher and higher and higher until she can't even see it anymore. And then her head blinks and starts glowing and all of a sudden like all like everything from around her just starts sucking into her head um which is a similar thing we saw before when she turned into that little robot but then we cut away before we see what we see what happens next uh at the park mr dodo is calling uh says that uh he's talking to all the kids who were there none of them are listening of course but he says all you little he says something like all you kids who don't even have your hair down there or something uh, he says, you're all useless. And a group of uh, these soldier-esque workers uh, blast them with these lasers that instead of shooting them, they are pulling power from them out of their heads specifically. They're, they appear to be harvesting these kids for their NO energy or whatever. Uh, fills up these meters for all these rides, which then like start flying up and combining Voltron style with the big castle mm-hmm. that is the that is the main centerpiece of the park and forming this large like mech castle robot thing. 
And Haruko's watching from nearby uh, on the ground. She's watching with amusement uh, as all this is happening. And the robot forms and then fires at the big medical mechanical building. And one of the workers is like, it doesn't seem like there's going to be enough power, sir. It's like, well, there has to be. We don't get another chance or something like that. And this thing fires at the medical mechanical building. It's a bunch of rockets which blow up and leave like a vaguely smiley face of a scar on the thing. Yeah. But then it just it, like. It does very much look like a face. Yeah. It kind of looks like the, it kind of looks like the Blink-182 face. Kind of, yeah. But that smiley face, that like stitch face smiley face. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the thing like immediately From the best just, album too. Wow. The thing just like immediately <laughs> reforms and uh, then fires a big ass laser. short this time. Your smile feeds in the summer. summer. All right. <laughs> this is the worst. Uh, but yeah, we see the medical mechanic building like heal itself back to a mirror sheen and then from a big circle that's on it on the bottom of it which is now you know the side of it since it's standing upright it fires this big laser right back at it and charging the lasers the battle appears to be commencing uh ide's husk floats into the stratosphere where it is pocketed by the icc lost and found satellite storage uh which is apparently where that orbital elevator had sent the rest of conti because we see him in a second and it it like this big arm grabs Ide's like rubbery husk, throws it inside, and it floats down a series of long, cool looking tubes until it ends up uh, with a bunch of other space trash and debris sm- dropped into this big uh, container. So into into a big bin uh, with metal and debris and whatnot. And an old woman opens the door nearby to find a dog like Conti head. Uh, it is adorable. It is adorable. Who's a good boy? Who's your good boy? And she scoops out some of this debris, which she ends up grabbing Ide's husk with it and feeds it to the TV head dog uh, because, oh, you hungry there, boy? And uh, she sits it down and back on the floor, on the ground, uh, Haruko is watching this fight uh, break out between Medical Mechanica and the amusement park. But then she stops when she sees a semi-roboticized Hidomi approaching. And she's like, damn, you're looking good. Because she, you know, she likes that freaky shit. She likes it when Hidomi's a robot or whatever. And also, Haruko doesn't have the belly no more. She appears to have either processed, possibly passed. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> possibly has passed uh, Jin Yu that she had. had. A, one of those BMs, you know. Had, had to take a little poopy scoop. Had a doozy of a toozy. Um... Took a little ducal locks, man, just slid right out. The worst. No, I think I think she just like finished digesting her or whatever, but she ain't in there. Uh her belly's back to her stomach's back to normal. Uh Hadomi uh, Haruko's making these flirty comments at Hadomi, but Hadomi just isn't even paying attention. She just attacks her. She's like throwing this. She's got this arm that like is roboticized, and she does like this, and like what appears to be a bunch of speakers are like flying at Haruko, like she's attacking her and shit. And Haruko's just dodging everything, and she like jumps on her uh, on the guitar, which we should point out wasn't her guitar from the first series. Remember. Mm, yeah, her first the her first guitar is Rickenbacker. Yeah, which was the this the, is, like, it was like a blue bass of Nauta's guitar, his double his double neck guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's. I think we said that in the first. The well, first we definitely breakdown. talked about it, but I don't, I don't remember if we mentioned it full yes, on. Yes, her her first guitar is the Rickenbacker. But that was the thing: the double guitar was half Nauta's and half Atomisk's. Mm-hmm. And I think this this half isn't it isn't it Atomisk's? The one uh, that she's got? I, I would assume it had to be because 
uh, in I think in the the credits, you like can the second, see, the, you can see Naoto with the guitar. Yeah, like the second to last episode is when Con went uh, on the original series is when Con they're fighting and Conti like grabs that laser out of his head and pulls out the guitar, which I believe yeah. is this one. And they say they they all in unison, Harko and uh, Amaro are both like that's a bloody blah. This series, I don't you know I don't know names of guitars, but that she says that's Adamus guitar, and so that's the one she's using okay, now. Okay, okay. And yeah. then it ends up so, in the final episode. Yeah. They end up fusing into the double guitar too, because Nauta had the power. In the, in the first season, Nauta his uh, his first guitar, his first bat or whatever. There's a flying V, right? A flying V, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is a six string guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so Whereas whenever he does a double neck SG, pretty much, and the 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 bass breaks off or whatever, he still has a six string guitar. Mm-hmm. So yes, the bass would go into Tarko. That would be Atmos, yeah. Yes. But yeah, I think so that, I think that makes sense. If that that makes sense, I only bring that up because I I missed the last episode. You actually she gets her guitar back, and I completely missed that the first time around yeah. when I watched this. But um, and it was good to see the Rickenbacker. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, she she's uh surfing on her guitar up this freaking uh up the roller coaster, getting away from Hidomi, who's still just chasing her down, and um. Harko's avoiding everything pretty easily as she's fleeing. Hidomi says that she's no different. Uh, she says you're no different than the rest of them. I don't know who the rest of them are, but she says you're just a girl in love. She says uh, this is all about you and that stupid bird or whatever. And uh, they stop. They, they she finally stops at the top of the uh, roller coaster, like a like the apex of it on a big hill of it. And she stops. Harko stops when she notices her bracelet clinking in wiggling around and they both look up to see that the sky is now just bathed in red there's this there's this red shadow forming overhead and she just says it's adamisk that's episode five that was a, it, it was a good episode it's really i like that episode. yeah i liked it much there was a lot the of like there's a lot of like weird kind of slow parts in between like particularly mm-hmm. with the but I mean the fan, the really cool art style that made a lot of sense with that. Yeah. I liked it a lot. That that scene where she's floating in the water, that scene where she's standing in the shower is both really. Yeah, good. those scenes are. Yeah, the shower very, scene very is pretty. one of my favorites. Very very pretty. Um, All right, we're on to episode six. Let's finish it off. Episode six. Okay, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to guide me through. Yeah, because you I only mean, watched you it the one time. It. As a while. I only, yeah. I only got to see it the one time. I did not get to watch it again. So. Um, it took so many I think months. I still remember a whole lot of it though. Yeah, dude. Let's hit uh, it. Episode six, our running, our running. Uh, and so that's yeah. O U R, not H O U R. Just, yeah. to, just to clarify, it's ours. Our, our running. Um, it's yours and mine. Ours. Uh, so we get back. The park versus medical mechanical building. Uh, iron uh, battle is continuing. Uh, there are. Uh, uh, lasers coming out of metal mechanic missiles from the park mech everyone freezes however when they see that big red shadow that's covering everything and Haruko is ecstatic she is so psyched and she takes her guitar and slams it into this uh into this uh, roller coaster and it starts to like float off the ground and is reforming and it's coming together with her on top of it uh into this big shape um and it's it's twisting around, and you see uh, after a little while that it's forming a giant bird cage, and there's energy flowing off of medical mechanical building and off of the park that No is just fl- flowing out of them toward this bird cage. Now, uh, Adamisk is there. You see that big ass bird, which we should point out now. This is the first time you actually see Adamisk proper yeah. in the series, except 
the very first episode, that dream sequence where Hadomi is in front of that big dead thing. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it, I realized, oh shit, that was Adamisk. That apparently in her dream sequence, he was dead, whatever that means. But now we see him and he's big and bad and alive and he is flying over and he is really big. Um, so Hidomi is uh, going after, is trying to get to Haruko again and she says, well, this is what you wanted. You you got what you wanted so you can stop all this and you can give Ide back. She wants Ide back. And Haruko says, ah, you're like a kid. You're just such a, you're being a little baby. Uh, She says, didn't you, weren't you paying attention to anything I said in class? And she tells her, uh, you're acting like a child, just demanding everything that should be yours. Mine, mine, mine. Which is very hilarious given how this episode ends. Um, And Hidomi says, well, then what am I supposed to do? And Haruko holds her hand out to her and says, hand it over. And she says she wants her to hand over that power and she'll... She'll take care of it. And Hidomi stands, sits there for a second. She's like, no, you're right. I, I get it now. Uh, uh, I'm not a child. Uh, it's This is what I need to do. And she says, I'm going to take it. Whatever If I want it, I'm just going to take it. And Haruko is very happy that she feels that way. And she says, well, you get a gold star. And then they start fighting again. Hidomi's swinging at her. Uh, Haruko is avoiding everything. It's pretty hard to actually hit Haruko. She's just too damn wiry. And that red energy, that NO, is still flowing into the birdcage and whatnot. The, the medical mechanical building starts firing these large globs of mochi. It's one of those things that just don't make sense, but it's fine. Um, they're flying over the city. They're they're hitting people and things. We see Aiko, who has a gigantic, too way too big for her backpack on, just full of everything she fucking owns, everything in the damn house. Apparently, she pulled up the jerk and was just like, "I don't need anything but this pen and this lamp and this leak." There's a leak hanging out of it. She's like got everything <laughs> in this freaking backpack, and she's just walking. She's so tiny, and the thing's like eight times her size. But she sees all these people running away, like the way she's going. Uh, and they're running, they're running away from the center of town. She's like, huh? And she like turns back around, starts going that way. Cause she's just such a fucking hipster. She got to go against the mainstream, I guess. Yeah, go against grain, dude. But yeah, she's got, she's heading back to home. It looks like, um, and then we then see Masarao and Eyepatch who are also packing up, getting ready to evacuate when the house that they are in, of course, is crushed by a giant mochi ball. The cage has now absorbed all the N.O. out of uh, the the theme park and the uh, uh, medical mechanical building and is approaching. It's fly, floating up toward Atomisk. Obviously, Harko's trying to literally catch this bird in her birdcage. The problem is he's so fucking big that his gravity just pulls the thing in and it shatters. And she's like, oh, shit, he's too big. And her and Hidomi both get like sucked up into... I just the chest made of this bird. maybe a connection that doesn't mean anything, but maybe it's, it it's does. Free bird. I don't know. Well, no. Um, what was it? You know how Adamisk is a big bird? Yeah. And Harko's uh, kind of like a wasp, sure. which is also very closely related to a bee. What you get the birds mean? and the bees. <laughs> Stop. It you could be. D- With this series, it could be, dude. It could be. No, that's fine. You, you, can't, you can't deny that it could be. But the bird don't fuck the bee. <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know when they say the birds and the bees, they, the bird doesn't fuck the bee, or vice versa. You know that's that's not what they mean by the birds and the bees, right? No. 
<laughs> well, well, it, well, it's not. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. It's the bird and the bee. That was a, that's a band it's a thing. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Haruko and Hibajiri are pulled into this thing's gravity, into this giant bird, and they just, they're gone. They're in it. Um, the mochi is actually turning people in town into mochi. Uh, it even claims Much Mr. Mochi. Dodo. He's like right in the, he's mid, in, he's in the middle of an inspiring speech about how you kids are the fuel that'll reach the stars and shit like that. And then he gets hit by some mochi and just freezes. He's made of mochi now. Aiko approaches Masarao and he gives a heartfelt speech as he's laying in the rubble of this house, like being crushed by it. And he says, uh, He's talking. He says uh, the flower pot's gone. There's nothing. Uh, I don't know where it is. There's no way to stop this. And he says, he says you were supposed to be our last hope. Who would have guessed that when it came time, I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to use you. We find out what that means a little later on, kinda. And he holds up the cash o lantern. I call it. It's the jack o lantern full of money that she had, and tries to give it to her. And she says, I don't know. I don't want it. And he says, No, just take it. I know you've been saving up. You were trying to you were trying to buy your freedom, he says, which sounds weird. Sounds like she was like I think I think it seems like she was planning on like, you know, moving away, getting her own place or whatever, but he says you were planning to buy your freedom and she finally does end up taking it when he says, well, Here, just go, you're finally free. And so she she takes the takes the jack o' lantern, the cash o' lantern, excuse me, the cash o' lantern, and uh right as uh Masarao and uh, Eye Patch are turned into mochi. Uh, she then hears her, feels her phone buzzing, and she's like, "What?" And she looks and sees all those missed calls from Mori, and she says to herself, "The flower pot, a trigger." And I'm like, "Girl, you don't know what the fuck that is either. Don't lie to me." But uh, she takes off. Back inside, inside Adamus, Haruko is surprised to see Conti's head. He's unresponsive now. He's just ahead and he's not moving and he's not even eating anything like a little dog or nothing. He's just sitting there on the couch. And the old lady is like saying, oh, come on, you were doing so well a second ago. And like kind of popping him on the head like she's trying to get the TV to work. It's pretty great. Um, we then cut to uh, uh, Mori and Aiko who are running to E-Days. And Mori's like, is this a date? And she's like, you can call it a date if you just hurry up. Come on. It's like goofy, but uh, they're running to Ide's place to try and find the flower pot. They find Hidomi's mom, who is also at Ide's place, trying to find Ide because she figured that uh, he might be Hidomi might be with him, etc., etc. Then we cut, then cut right back to uh, um, what do you call uh, the old woman back on back inside of uh, uh, Adamus, apparently, who out of frustration just smacks the shit. Oh wait. I did miss one thing. She does drop one line in here. Uh, the old lady's talking to Haruko for a second. And she says something. Let's see. I want to make sure I'm not missing this line. Uh, she says something. Uh, it's actually in a second. But I'll just go ahead and drop it in now because the same shit. She's talking to Haruko uh, in a second. And she says something about how. Um, uh, she says. Uh, I can't remember exactly what she says. She says something like. Uh it came back for something. Maybe it came back for that. And she points and you see the guitar Harko has been using, which you know is Adam's guitar in a big red force field, just floating there. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's separate from her now. Uh, and it's like she, she, the old lady's theorizing, maybe that's what he came for or whatever. And then the second she says, Oh, um, 
you know, yours is right over there. Your bat's right there. And she points and like there's Haruko's base hanging off of like a piece of wreckage or something. The Rickenbacker. The Rickenbacker. Hey, Mr. Rickenbacker, rockety rock. Famously used by the Beatles. All the Beatles. Man, fuck the Beatles. They used them Rickenbackers, dude. Tell them I they said They used them Rickenbackers. And they strapped them all the way up here. And those, they went, ding, ding, ding. And they used those guitars <laughs> because they were uh, pretty cheap back then. Yeah. And now they are notoriously expensive. It's, al- it's almost like people dumb. It's almost <laughs> like the Beatles must have used one of them guitars. Anyway. But yeah, she uh, the old lady now slaps the shit out of uh, Conti's head, which Slap flies. Your dumb ass. It like flies a al- uh, like bounces along the floor for a second, landing in front of Hidomi, who's just sitting there. Right as she's doing that, we see uh, Mori and uh, Hibijiri's uh, Hidomi's mom inside of Ide's place, um, standing there, kind of talking for a second, and we see Aiko, who has already found the flower pot, standing there. And right when uh, Conti's head lands in front of Hidomi, and you see freaking Aiko now holding the flower pot, her eyes go ping, and they just go static. And like a connection has been made. And her little headband, her little bow on top of her head, the green bow, goes and like shoots out of her head like a big ass bean sprout through the roof, which establishes this connection between her and Conti. Uh, apparently, we they had said before, uh, Masarao or something had said before that the flower pot or whatever it was had been made using pieces of Conti. It seems like the flower pot and Ico is actually the flower pot or something. She's like, they're part of, they're all part of Conti just reconstituted mm-hmm. and remade into different stuff. So it seems like she's some kind of robot guy, which kind of explains how Mori was like, she doesn't sweat or anything. It's fucking weird. Makes sense. She wouldn't sweat if she's a robot girl. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that would make sense. I didn't even Fuck, catch that. Fucking weird. Good catch, dude. Good catch. But uh, yeah, shoots through the roof, stabs his connection to Conti. Hidomi and her mom have a brief chat. Uh, through this Conti slash Ico connection, mom is worried. Uh, Hidomi cuts her off, says she doesn't even believe she's really worried. She doesn't really care. She says, "Uh, you want to quit? You want to give up? Just like you gave up on dad when he left." And yeah, it's pretty, pretty heavy. Uh, mom says she wanted things mm-hmm. that she wanted things to be the same. Um, she she was she only uh even she only had the cafe because dad wanted her to keep the cafe, and dad's not there anymore. And it's just what's the point? She's really bummed out about it. She says she wanted things to uh, I wanted things to be the same. Uh, I wanted to be a good mommy, but then you changed uh you grew up and she basically just says that she couldn't take it she couldn't stand things being so different she wanted to be like they were when dad was there and hidomi says well then we can run it together not for dad not but because it's home it's because it's where i want to be which is very sincere and very nice get a little mother daughter like you know uh reunion there Um, she's, she's being kind of for real you know he ain't yeah. coming back. He's it's, gone. It's real wild. Like, Hidomi spent this whole fucking show being like all doom and gloom like and sad a little, shit. Of all the linear things that it does, I wish it would just give a little taste of maybe what happened to the dad. Maybe. I wish that there had been more like this. I, I, I don't hate Hidomi's character. I'm very confused as to how she went from being so depressed and quiet to watching E-Day's bubble cusk fly into the sky and then turning into half a robot and then being assertive mm-hmm. like out of nowhere i guess it was when she finally lost e-day that she, yeah, she, she like well she she overflowed 
completely then too. I guess so. It's just, I don't know. Dude, it's fine. Dude, I like it's gonna character. overflow. It doesn't mean anything. It certainly doesn't mean what the show thinks it means. Anyway, um, but yeah, she, she, she. They, they have a little moment together. Maury's crying, uh, <laughs> which is pretty funny because like you can actually hear like the freaking faucet running. Um, Mom actually hugs Iko. Uh, there and Iko wakes up and she's like whoa because she's like right in mom's tits um, Iko wakes up disconnected the cafe you see a brief shot of it uh, which is very it's like very telling because like oh that's you know what we're going to do it and you see the cafe and then just pfft, it gets crushed by a giant blob of mochi like it's just gone <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> rad and that, that's the commercial break just a perfect way to go to commercial um Coming back, Hidomi has resolved to use her power. She says she's she's gonna do she's gonna do it and she's gonna take Ide back too. And Haruko says, Hey, it's a great plan, except you definitely won't. I mean, she she says that uh she's telling uh Hidomi that she's too scared, you're not gonna do it. You know, taking off those headphones means that you're not gonna be human anymore. And she says, uh, you still wanna do it, yeah. She like does the nya thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, as they're having this conversation, for some reason, a big ass robot pops out of the ground. Pfft, why not? Haruko attacks it, starts swinging at it. Um, it goes for Hidomi with one of its big claws, but it is blocked, ping, by a fully reformed Conti. The boy is back, and yeah, you're gonna get in trouble. Hey, Conti, Conti. All right, okay, <laughs> this is the okay. worst. Um, <laughs> and. Boy, am I have I never been more excited to see another character from the original Fooly Cooly. Because at this point, I mean, Harko's been great and all, meh. But I wanted some Conti, okay, and I was super excited to to see him back. You yeah. weren't excited about Conti coming back? Yeah, it was fine, even for just a little bit. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't like seeing him crucified, man. It's fine. It's not good. It's fine. Anyway, he uh, he you grabs suck this. my nuts, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I won't do it. Um. <laughs> He uh he grabs that freaking um uh the claw thing, stops it from hitting her, spins it around, throws it back at this big robot thing, knocks it over, gets a good chunk he out of it. He whips a little ass. He whips a little ass. He's a little cheeseburger. And uh then he's trying to communicate with Hidomi. He's like kind of doing this where he's like grabbing the sides of his head and pulling his hands away like he's telling her to take off the headphones. And she doesn't seem to be getting it. And he just kind of walks over to her and grabs the headphones and looks like he's trying to like pull him off and he's really struggling like he's got the little like you know the 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 little red marks showing up on his on his on his screen to show he can't really do it he's got that big tv head and finally he just like squeezes them and crushes them on either side of her head and they fall away and there's this all of a sudden this huge like ping this huge like white light is spewing out of her head as uh she's being activated i guess she's overflowing or whatever um, and she looks at Conti. She looks shocked, like mouth agape. She she's kind of staring at him, but then she just kind of smiles, and then she transforms into her fully robot form that we saw in that first episode. In yeah, the, uh, in the uh, yeah, yeah, we finally get to in the dream really sequence. Good look at it. It's sick too. It's pretty sick. I also she's got, really like uh, it's like a the, very very like a way more futuristic version of Conti. Yeah, I really like it's too whenever they do robots and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and occasionally they don't have like human feet; they're just little pegs. Kinda. Yeah, I like that a lot. They got them uh, red ice legs mm-hmm. or whatever. Pokemon. All right, um, but yeah, she uh, she transforms fully. Uh, and she starts whipping some ass. She finishes off, finishes off that weird robot that popped out of the ground. Uh, cutting back, Mori. This is a great one. He's got. He's on his bike and he's pumping so hard. 
and Aiko and, and Hidomi's mom are both on the back of the bike, and he's just like, uh, 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 this fucking fat kid is just struggling, dude. He's making it happen. And they're going toward the medical mechanic building, and the thing, like, finally breaks underneath him, like, because it's just, he's pumping so hard, just and falls apart, and everybody just falls off of it when they get to the building. And Aiko takes the flower pot, and she stands in front of the upturned iron, and she kind of faces it uh, with her back, faces away from it with her back to it. And Hidomi's mom says something like, ah, what an odd girl. And Mori says, I prefer unique or something like that. And then she fucking transforms and blossoms into this huge viney plant that just like grows all over from the flower pot, like out of it, all over the front of the building. These huge vines creeping up at like reclaiming it, uh, you know, and crap and just covering this thing. And she's like engrossed and surrounded and then covered ultimately by these vines you can't even see her anymore and fucking mom is like that's what you call unique and he's like yeah it's like fucking weird i don't know what's going on there but it's a big vine thing it's great um so then cutting back to the inside of adamus apparently conti hidomi and haruko are racing through these what i call acid trip tunnels because they're all just these weird swirly colorful tunnels that they're like flying through, uh, smashing through and or avoiding these robots that are trying to catch and stop them. All the while, they are chasing after these black hole like portal things. Uh, they miss one, and Harko's like, Oh, what the hell? I'm the, uh, that's what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to get through. And then Conti manages to get to one, flings this, what appears to be like some kind of spaceship or something that the little old lady is in, through the portal. And then grabs it himself and forces it open so that uh, Hidomi and Harko can get through. Uh, and they look back just in time to see the thing close with Conti still in it. So he's like trapped in there apparently. But then they fly through this light at the end of the tunnel. And like this is one of those where they were like, I don't know how to draw this transition. Let's just let's just pop in. And so they just and they're just standing on top of this spaceship thingy. That's floating there. It's like they got out and then it, there it is. And they're like, hey, where's Otomisk? Like, I don't know how to draw him not being there. Let's just let's just pop him out. And he's just not there. They just like escaped him or whatever. I don't know. It was weird. And then they look up. They don't see Otomisk anywhere. They do see Conti, who is glowing red. He is full on Otomisk Conti type thingy. And yeah, he is just standing there looking like a real badass. Um, and as they're standing there, uh, as Haruko and the Hadomi bot are both standing there looking at it, a pair of glasses flash on the screen. And so Haruko's like, it's Atomisk. And then a pair of glasses flash on it that look exactly like Ide's glasses. And Hadomi's like, it's Ide. And like, apparently they're both just in there in Conti right now. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, weird series of things happens here. And th- this is a part that like really kind of took me out of it. I'll be honest. Uh, they're both trying to like coax him their way. It's like, it's like if two kids were like, if there's a puppy and there's two kids on either side of it and they're like, come here, come here, come here. And the other one's like, no, come here, come here, come here. Like that's what they're doing. And he's just not moving. He's just staring at him. And then another image flashes on Conti's screen, which kind of looks like a pie. I don't know. It looks like a pie. Mm-hmm. And they both kind of stop and they're like, oh, I get it. Uh, I see. I have to take it. And then Hidomi's like, yeah, I'll take it. And then they start fighting over Conti slash Adamus slash Ide. They're fighting each other. They're they're fighting over it. And meanwhile, this this is what kind of took me out of it is that like they literally are fighting over a three fold dude 
who was just sit standing there with his arms crossed, like mm-hmm. kind of like watching, like hell yeah, this is great. Like well, okay, fine, that's where we're at. Um, but yeah, they're just fighting each other. They're going at it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, smacking the shit out of each other. Um, they're doing battle. Conti Adamiskide is watching the whole thing. Haruko knocks Hidomi down and then jumps toward the bot. Hidomi jumps back up and. Uh, Haruka has a great line. She says, Hibaji, uh, stop cock blocking, which is pretty great. Uh, Hidomi bot just punches the shit, like just punches Haruko dead in her face. Like you actually see her nose bleeding. And then Haruko's like, oh yeah, motherfucker. And just smashes, takes her guitar and smashes it into the screen on the Hidomi bot, which when her guitar falls away is cracked open and you see Hidomi actually jump out of it like regular ass Hidomi. They both fly toward this thing going smooch and they both kiss it at the same time. And it's like, all right, well, this is what's happening. Yeah. Uh, there's a big heart. It a was big, really strange. It had, it had it was real of, doofy. It had all of the, like, the ground line to be really awesome. I don't know. I I really don't know about any of this last. Well, bit. I mean, like when they were fighting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it had it had a whole lot going for it that could be really awesome. And then it turned into this. It just it's literally yeah. a cat fight of these two female characters fighting over a dude. Like what the yeah, ever trying shit? to suck their crush out of the robot. It's fucking kind of this whole thing bummed me out a little bit. They both like double smooch the robot. Um, we also had a lot of like. A lot of Conti had a lot of penis references to him in the, yeah. the original, so it's weird. All right, well, sucking on that robot dog. Dude. All right, well, sucking you on may, that robot dick. They're kissing his screen. I mean, you're taking yeah. it to a whole nother level. I am. Uh, so as they're smooching it, there's a big pink cartoony heart that beats on the screen, like, and then like it it like goes all the way and pops um freaking hidomi and conti conti stops glowing red and falls away uh with hidomi and they both fall down haruko lands and hidomi gets up and she turns and looks at her and she sees haruko is glowing red she's got out of his power and she's laughing this very maniacal laughter and she's like yeah she's like and like you see her like stomach uh it's extra cartoony now that she's growing red but her stomach's like bubbling and like zooming ever she's like no 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 she's trying to hold it down and then she like falls over to her knees and just bleh, and pukes up a bunch of neon pink goo conti likewise starts spewing black goo which then reforms into a completely nude e-day the boy is back harko's glue uh goo then forms into this standing everybody's shooting their goo my dude everybody's shooting the goo my dude uh harko's goo big pink goo reforms into a humanoid form of what is atomisk what must be atomisk and it's standing there completely like there's no there's no shape there's no form it's just like it's it's like if you were to draw like if you like like like, have you ever seen on any website when it's, like, mm-hmm. anonymous? Like, there's just, like, a gray head or something? It's like that, but, like, red. It's just, like, no hair, no form, no face, no anything. Just two big glowing eyes on a red, vaguely humanoid yep. shape. Um, really pretty goofy looking. Um, which makes some of these next scenes even goofier. But, uh, yeah, that's... It's it's Adamus, clearly. And she says, she says, you better not run away. Uh, and she says, you became mine, didn't you, Adamisk? And she, like, reaches her hand at him with her with that metal brace on it, and these big red chains fly out of it toward him. She's trying to chain him again, and they all just, like, dissolve before they even get to him. Like, he's too strong right now. Harko's furious. She jumps She's, up. She's, like, verbally, verbally abusing this yeah. red-eyeballed figure. It's pretty goofy. 
And she begins to assault him. She swings her guitar <laughs> at him. It, it doesn't even reach him. There's like a force field in front of him and it just bounces away. She then like is literally just swinging her fists at him, punching and punching him. It's hitting him, but he's just like unflinching, doesn't move at all. It's just like nothing. It's just standing there completely expressionless. Um, Hargo's furious. She says, uh, why do you keep refusing to be mine, 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 mine? Um, which is obviously like, oh, wow, you were just talking shit about Hadomi for wanting Ide back, and now he you are mine, mine, mine. And she says, why do you... She starts actually, again, screaming. Her fury, though, then fades into tears, and she says, why won't you look at me? And she's just standing there, like, crying and looking down. She says, can't you see my body's overflowing? And then Adamus walks over and hugs her. And then she looks up at his completely expressionless face. There's nothing there. Yeah. There is no expression. And she's like blushing like, uh, it's like, seriously, <laughs> there's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's a, like, it may as well be a fucking golf ball. Like there's nothing there. It's one of those fucking red dodgeballs. Well, you didn't, you didn't there's see, just nothing there. You didn't see the red rocket. There is no emotion. There's no nothing. He feels you didn't nothing. See that lipstick dude. He doesn't appear to feel anything. And she like blushes and then kisses his, his featureless face. Uh, um, and as she does, these huge wings sprout out of the back of him, uh, as we've seen before. Ide wakes up, and she, he's hearing uh, Jinyu's words about fireworks again. Did you ever try to draw fireworks after you saw which parents? Uh, you couldn't do it because you had the only way to do it was to color the paper yeah, all yeah, the way color black. Yeah, black and then work from there. And uh, she says, all those lights among that darkness, it was beautiful. Which is kind of an allegory, I think, for what Hadomi had been going through. She like clearly was depressed, but like she had these moments where she was smiling and happy and shit. It's kind of like that, mm -hmm. to me anyway. Yeah. And then Makes here... Sense. She, he, uh, Ide's remembering that and he says, he says to himself, all beautiful things fade away. And Adamus reforms into a full on big ass bird and flies away. He gone, uh, leaving Haruko hugging Jinyu. Jinyu is back. Jinyu smiles at Haruko. Haruko starts crying. She says, I thought this time for sure I would get, I was going to get what I was fighting for or something like that. Uh, the medical mechanical building crumbles. The captain, the Mr. Dodo, or whatever, uh, Mr. Tonkichi, uh, has is free from his mochi prison. He's watching all watching it crumble. The big castle, which is also encased in mochi, falls in uh, the like mochi shell falls apart behind him, leaving just Marco standing there like on a big platform. He's like, "What the hell?" And here you go. This is the line, obviously. Marcos asks, what was the reason for all of this? To which Mr. Tonkichi says, no reason for anything, any of it. <laughs> and he says that, uh, as we see Adam is flying away, he also says, that thing probably didn't come for any specific reason either. And then back uh, where the metal mechanic building was, we see Mori and Hidomi's mom uh, standing there looking at this giant, like, flower that's turned uh kind of turns downward at the top of it with this big about to bloom blossom which then ping turns into a big ass jack-o-lantern and pop out of it falls a fully nude Iko um who's holding like uh the potted plant still and Mori runs over and grabs her uh manages to catch her before she hits the ground and catches her it's and they both laughed very nice uh immediately afterwards the big ass spaceship that Hadomi and Haruko had been on crashes into the ground narrowly missing them almost killing them which is pretty great um there's a brief talk here uh after that scene 
it's kind of like the wrap up, like, you know, I think this is actually, this is right before the credits, but a lot of this happens during the credits. Uh, Hidomi's talking to Haruko. Haruko intends to keep chasing Adamisk. Uh, we see Jinyu driving off in her car again. She's just leaving, apparently. Hidomi uh, uh, makes some kind of comment about how it's the thrill of a chase. Like, you want him because you can't get him, and you can't get him because you want him, or something like that. And Ide, uh, quote-unquote, breaks it off with Haruko. He's like trying to let her down easy because he thinks that Haruko actually likes him. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty funny. And Haruko just falls over laughing her ass off. She's like, oh man, um, oh, thanks for letting me down easy there, big guy. And then she jumps on her Vespa and she's like, all right, see you around, losers. And she's uh, she says, Haruko out. She actually says that as she flies away on her Vespa. And that's the last you see of her. Uh, the old woman who was in the uh, big base up there uh, revives Eyepatch and Masarau, uh, who like she does so with like a flower pot just watering them. And Masarau is revealed to, under his hat, uh, have these tiny, tiny little eyebrows, uh, which she says, oh, just like your father, um, which is pretty great because it does, in fact, imply that Amaro is this guy's dad, uh, Amaro from the first series. Great. Uh, we then get a brief shot of Mom and Conti serving the guests in the ruins of the cafe. Uh, they are both, of course, wearing maid outfits. So Conti is, you know, moving again. Uh, and they, they still have the cafe, apparently, even though it's rubble. And we then get a shot of Ide and Hadomi standing before this. I, I, I still don't know what this was exactly. It's a big screen that's just covered in these numbers that slowly start, slowly start banking out. It appears to be something from the base that they were on. It's also, I think, worth mentioning that in the like first episode when Ide talks about these uh, uh, museum tickets, it's the same picture. It's like the ticket has those series of numbers on it. It looks exactly like this thing. Mm-hmm. So like it was a tech museum or something, and that's where he's trying to go, eh, nah, whatever. They, they got their date to the museum, I guess. Whatever. Um, and as they're standing there uh, watching this thing like blink out, uh, just slowly die, uh, she has a little voiceover and she says, there's nothing I want to be. There's nothing I want to do. And that's probably not the best way to be, but you know what? It probably doesn't matter. And then they lean in for a kiss. They, the screen cuts to black right before they do the rest of the credits. That's the series. All right, no, let's talk happy. about it. Let's talk about it. I really didn't like the whole cat fight. Thing. <laughs> yeah. It bummed me out a bit. Um, yeah. Also, it just was kind of flat, dude. Like that end weird. scene is. It could have been so much more. Could have been like, so co- much cooler. Yeah, um, I think I think it, it could have been. It could have been a lot of things. This whole series could have been a lot of things. I'm not. I'm not talking about. Yeah. That. I'm talking about what it was. And what it was was kind of silly to me. Like the mm-hmm. whole. It just literally devolved into a cat fight between these two main characters. These two uh, female main characters fighting over a, a yeah. tri- triad of dudes who are all yeah. inside of robot it, or whatever. It really, it took like, like Harko from the original series is kind of, she's like a beloved character, man. And it sure. hollowed her out a little bit. I well, see, my, like. my, I think my biggest problem with this they tried is to like, add in and it, it, it took away from her. I think. Yeah. There, I have a, I have several problems with this obviously, because again, it's impossible for, for me to watch this without comparing it to the original, but like, okay. So the whole idea that Haruko is literally in love with Adamisk, there is one scene I can remember from the original series where it was at, it was like the second to last episode after 
Conti went red, pulled the guitar out of his head, and that's when she knew, oh, that's actually Adamus. It's not just some crazy power. It's Adamus because it's got his guitar. That after that scene, you see uh, the very last thing in that episode, I think, is Conti standing there still all... Uh, all red with that power. Nauta usually only turns red when Nauta's inside of him and he's using him. Nauta's the bullet that he fires. Nauta is not in him now because he's laying on the brittle ground. Bullet, I think. Yeah, I think it was brittle bullet. It's the second to last episode. And Haruko lands there and she's doing like a and like a she's got like the little sparklies. Like she's so in love with what she's looking at. She's standing on top of. She's standing there. I think on top of Nauta, staring at the red Conti, who we know is Adamisk. And she's like, that's as much as you get that she loves this thing. But then the very next episode that is subverted, it's kind of like you're supposed to think she loves this thing. When in fact, she says when uh, when uh, now to like goes back into Conti uh, for the last time and like then he comes out with Adam's power before he does. She says she's telling Amaro, who's trying to like stop her and say, no, you don't you understand you're you're going to destroy everything medical. You're giving them what mechanical mechanical what they want. And she says, I don't care about that. All I care about is getting to him. And then uh, which may again could be taken a number of ways. But then when Nauta comes out and has that power, she is furious, not because she loves this thing, because as she says, I'm the one who's supposed to eat him. Which makes it sound like she doesn't love Adamisk at all. She wants that power. Yeah, she wants the power. Specifically, that's she wants that power. That's what I thought, too. That's, what I, that's, that's like what that whole series was to me. Is like, you think you know who this person is. Oh, now you think you know who it is because maybe she loves this thing. Oh, no, now you find out. No, she doesn't love it at all. She just wants that power. That's what she was. She was like, she was, she was kind of an anti-hero through the whole thing. Uh, not, not a good guy, not a bad guy necessarily. Yeah. She was just this thing that was there who was crazy and wild and kind of seemed like it was helping even as it like ruined everything. And then ultimately all it cared about was getting stronger. And that's what she wanted without him as power. So this took that and turned her into a drooling fangirl. It's really hard for me to see it out any other way. Like, that sounds yeah. harsh, well, and it, I feel like, like I'm being took, unfair took, even when you know, I say like it. Somebody that was it, what, in the first series seemed like she was hungry for power, like you said. But in this one, it's like her and Adamisk are like symbolism for uh, a toxic relationship. Yeah, very much so. Like she's literally trying to chain him down. And of course, he is free as a bird now. Yeah. And this bird you cannot change. Obviously. Yeah. She tried to cage him. She literally tried to cage him. She had him on a chain and then he got away and he just wants his freedom. And also like she's like so she's like blushing when she looks at him and he's there's nothing. Yeah. There's just nothing there. It it's, just doesn't make any is, sense to me. It's weird. It's strange. It's just so doofy. It's like, like that scene feels, where she's like blushing and then she kisses so this emotionless, expressionless face. It's like it's like I said earlier, like, you know, in the first series she was such a great character. And in this series they did a lot to try to add stuff to her and it just made her more hollow. Even like it even, just wasn't she's not as good. The thing for me is even if I like if I if I attempt to cuz obviously I can't do it a 100%. I can't completely divorce myself from that first series because I loved it so much no, and I'm, I'm so familiar with it. I refuse it. to. But even even if I like pretend that didn't exist, I look at this and I see this character who went from being uh, you know perhaps if if I if I'm just looking at this series just a progressive, I'm looking at a character who was manipulative from the very beginning brainwashing these kids in this class and whatnot lying and was very very 
perhaps seductive at times, perhaps like just a wild character doing these crazy things, very powerful, who then at the end of it turns into a, but why don't you like me? And that's like just not good character. No. That's just no. not a good character. It definitely, like I really, I did like Progressive. I did I, like I, it. I enjoy the show. I, I, it's, I'm not going to say I, I did, but I really did. I watch it again. I probably will watch it again and, and keep fucking picking it I would, apart. I would recommend it to people, you know, for the most part. But yeah, it's it definitely did not live up to yeah. the hype. I mean, but it, 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 did it, it did it. It tried. It, uh, the good things I can say about it is it did have a lot of very... There were several very cool scenes. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of just cool shit that happens. But, like... I really, I really don't like what the character of Haruko was in this. Again, even if I ignore what I knew about her from the first series, she goes from being like powerful, whipping ass, manipulative, even possibly just a villain to sniveling and frowning and crying. Cause why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? I could be dirty. I could be flirty. I could be dirty. That's it. I'm doing a Mika song now, but why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? I don't know all the words. But yeah, that's what it was, man. It was a uh, that really bummed me out. Like that's how it ended. Yeah. Also, like, what's with that? I mean, I get that like you can't give him an expression or anything, but the fact that she's like so in love with this thing that it has is giving her back zero emotion mm-hmm. is really telling. I think maybe that's like the big. I think it would have been less. Maybe maybe that's like the big point is that like Are she you is about... she's obviously seeing something that is not there because yeah. dude has no expressions, no emotion. He ain't blushing. He ain't kissing yeah, you. She... You're the one who's doing who's you're, feeling you're everything. reading into the yeah. She she got in. friend zoned. She has the the hardest core unrequited hey, love ever. I was told that's not real. It's not. It's not. But that's what we would call it. Uh, uh, she, yes, it's a, yes, a very, yes, very, very heavily unrequited love. Very uh, and, a gigantic you know, crush think, that crushes her very. I hard. think maybe Adamus, uh, just the way he appears and like you know you you looking at her, look at him, all strange and blushing and stuff. Mm-hmm. It might be less weird if they would take those eyes off. Maybe. Yeah, I think the thing that uh, I, I had this thought while I was he looks watching like it, an infrared Mothman. <laughs> it's pretty weird. He does look like Mothman. Oh man, new, did you hear the new episode of uh, Homegirl Show? Uh, I watched uh, Parker. Yeah, hidden. Yeah, it's pretty good. I watched the shout out to uh, our good buddy Parker. Ayo. Yeah, and Braxton. Hey-o. Parker and Braxton. Very good. They have a podcast out now. It's called Hidden. That's a free uh, shout out. Yeah, um, I like those guys a whole lot. And they're really cool. I've got about halfway through the Mothman one. I actually suggested. I don't know if they did it due to my suggestion of Mothman, <laughs> but I sent them a message on in their little request thing. So Mothman's like, great. I love me some Mothman. Mothman, do it now, please. Love Roger. Love me some. I got that. I got I that. Love I got that dude. tank top with Mothman on. He's doing a sick kit mm-hmm. flip, and it says rad. Um, but yeah, man. Also, here's a thought I had while I was watching that the second time is this expressionless thing. Like, like I said, it looks like. It looks like one of those, like a placeholder that you would have, like if you were on some website and you were anonymous, you didn't, like you didn't have a profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, that's that's the egg on Twitter and shit. I was watching that, and I was like, is that like? Because I've seen shit before where people will draw like a character they like, and they will draw it with a like faceless, formless, nothing caricature that's like. So, like, you can pretend it's you. I'm like, that's not what they were doing, was it? God, I hope not. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a real bummer. I think, I mean, they literally are. They're, they're symbolism. They're, they're a metaphor for a toxic relationship. Yeah, very much it's, so. But it's just, again, that's just bad. Like, yeah, even is. if that's the metaphor, that's bad character. And actually, well, I don't think it has to be bad. I think the way it was executed wasn't good. 
I don't know. I don't think, you know, like I think really pointing out sometimes, you know, how toxic people can be together. Oh, no, for sure. Because some people are so freaking blind to it. If you do that in a really, really awesome way, it it would work clearly because it's done in a really, really awesome way. This was not. It's not even like that much of a, it's not even a toxic relationship because dude's not even in the relationship. That's the thing. Well, it yeah. really is just unrequited love crush kind of shit. Well, like, I mean, clearly they've had some connection before. I don't they know. the chains hooked up, dude. That doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, yeah, but that implies that it wasn't even his. Maybe like, he, he let her on with the power. Him. I don't know, dude. I don't know that. But I well, don't know. It's hard. Okay, you you can't see someone in chains and being like, well, he let her on. Like, well, no, no. They, it's I don't think that's what it, the chains don't symbolize. They're chained. It's that they've linked up. No, chain I think the, the chains are literally. I get that. I'm saying the chains literally symbolize her chaining him. She is she like trying to make him her property. She tried to put him in a fucking cage for Christ's sake. Yeah, that sake. did happen. Like, who knows, man? I don't who know. This knows? this whole thing just kind of bummed me. Brandon, out. give me your three words for this series. I didn't hate it. No, that's four words. Um. Hey, you ready? Uh, here, here's uh, you ready to just? I'm just about to feel like an asshole. Yeah, the ultimate asshole. You ready to hear me be the worst person ever? Yeah. Not as good. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You took mine. How did you do that? How did you know? How did you know mine? <laughs> so fucked. I was I was no. in my brain, in my brain, rolling you around. Can, how you I can, can take you can take that. I one. was gonna say I was I was trying to like I was like maybe. Because I want to still say that it's good, so I was thinking like maybe good, not as. And I was thinking in my mind, as. waiting for you to you to come up with your three words. And but yeah, my initial was not as good. Uh, I'm not. No, I don't okay, want we'll that to give, be my we'll three. We'll give three words, three individual words that don't really form. I it's, know I've done that before. Kind of cheating. It's good. Um, is it? It's yes. It's good. I would say that it is good. Is a perfect word for it. it is not exceptional. It's not groundbreaking like the original Fooly Cooly, but it is good. All right. It's, it's so good. That's your one. Okay. My next one would be flashy. Sure. It is a good bit flashy. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a little bit flat. Yeah. Flat would be my third. I, 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 I can go with that. That's a really good three. Here's, here's my real three. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll know. take it. I'll take it, man. I don't know. This, the whole thing, that is, I don't know. Good, fine, okay. Let's <laughs> go watch something that's not a sequel so I can stop yeah. feeling like a fucking asshole. Well, get ready, dude. I feel like such a jackass. What are we, we watching got next? alternative after, after that. But what are we watching next? What are we watching next, We didn't even dude. talk about this. We, we really should have thought about yeah, this. Yeah, man. Oh, fuck. Uh, what are we, we watching next? get on there and find something. Oh god damn it! We really fucked up, bud. Um, oh, see. we really fucked up this one. Oh shit! You think we should leave it to the good buddies? Give them like uh, thirteen or less episodes. Buddy, we're and... supposed to like say what we're watching next, so we you like damn know right what we're we watching next. Uh... Shoot, I forgot about doing this. My whole life got thrown off last week, so quick pause. We'll think of something in the break. Okay, we're pausing. All right, we decided. We figured it out. <laughs> we figured out what we're watching. But before we talk about that, we got any questions? We do. We have a couple of questions. We got some questions, motherfucking questions. So first, our good buddy Elson writes a question. Oh shit, Tuki. Um, oh shit, my boy Tuki. He says, "Boy, talked all that shit. Is it about him talking shit on me? He's talking shit on me again?" No, he's actually not. Uh, it was a very simple question. My good buddy. It's practically a yes or no. Oh fuck. Do you plan on watching any samurai anime? Sa- sa- samurai. 
Samurai, dude. Samurai. I asked, I asked him, I was, I asked him, I was like, are you talking about in life ever or for the podcast? He said in life ever. In life are ever? Are you going to watch any samurai anime? I, I mean, samurai. I have watched samurai anime. Um, so I would say yes. I know you like, you like some Ramon and Kenshin. Don't I you? love it. I could get into that show. It's which great. I feel is slightly blasphemous because everybody loves it. I'll tell you what's not a good one. Samurai Deeper Kyo. That's awful. That's going on the list. Just to piss you off. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that sounds fine. I mean, I've seen some that I enjoyed a couple. Um, I wouldn't mind watching, watching some more. It's about samurai. They got swords. They got swords. They got katana. They sure do have them. They go. Okay. We're sword fighting so, right yes. now, everybody. Yes. To answer your question, yes. I probably watch more samurai anime. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Why not? Great question, my guy. Are there any cool ones that come out while we're doing that we can watch those? Yeah, maybe podcasts? maybe Tookie can let us know. Our good buddy Tookie can let us about, know if there's any great samurai anime that cool maybe we missed. Samurai. My good buddy Ellison is gonna tell me all about Samurai Eminis. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and then We got another one? We got a second question from our good buddy Allie. Oh fuck. Allie son. Don't do that. I'm doing it. Don't do that. I know she's got it before. I fucking I have. Can I tell you real quick? I was at the store yeah. and there was a a person. I was at my job and there's a person there. I don't know how we got on subject to Aminase. We were talking about Aminase and I was like, oh yeah, I love this show. We watched it for the podcast and she was like, podcast. And I was like, yeah, podcast called Goodbye Aminase. Spreading the word, spreading the word. Uh-huh. She pulled it up and she was like, oh yeah, there there it is. I see it right there. And she's like looking at the little. <laughs> She's looking at the at the logo and she sees the the like Japanese text on there and she's like I can read one of those characters and I was like oh yeah man that's my, that's 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 Roger my good buddy Roger he wanted to call it the anime Kurabu and I was like buddy we ain't Japanese <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite stories <laughs> buddy you know we ain't Japanese right? yeah yeah well that text says. <sighs> Good buddies. Does it actually, or is it something yes. very close to it? Yes. Did you put it through Google Translate and then put it back through again? Yeah, I worked it out. <laughs> I worked it out, man. It's a bad question. My methods. It actually says sugar substitute. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I oh, love you, you good know, buddy. Be the anime what? Karabu, dude. Ah, oh, come on. Which is also crab. Oh my god. So. Can I please get Allie's question? Because I need yes, to break yes. away from this subject. <laughs> Here's our good My buddy. good buddy Allie's bringing the heat, bringing she the writes, noise, bringing the funk. I would kind of love to hear some coming of age stories from you two. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> and and later on, she elaborates a little bit, you know, something around the age of 13. I don't know if, you know, like... 13 wasn't a good time for me. I learned to... To whack off at 13 Jesus around that Christ, time. Jesus Christ, Roger. You just went straight <laughs> for it, huh? You just went straight to it. That's about the time. It's always back to the Jizzwell for you. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's called the Jizzwell. It's a never-ending well, dude. It's full. It's full of my goo, my dude. God damn it. Um, um, that's weird. That's All not right. a coming-of-age story, really. But most of, most of my stories at 13 were about me being a little asshole i've uh i've said this before and it again i I realized that it's like blaming my problems on my parents and shit but like i remember being 13 being around that age and just being really angry all the time like i was literally every day getting into fights at school and shit like literally every day i was in the office or getting sent home and shit it's tossing them dick beaters up 
I was, was really, I was go. real, I was just a very angry kid for some reason. And looking back, like once I was in high school and I like calmed down, I was like, why was I so fucking angry? And the only thing I can think of is that's when my parents were getting divorced and that might've had something to do with it, which is kind of a cliche excuse. But I mean, that's all I got. I, I just, I have no other reason other than maybe I was just an asshole, but let's see a good coming of age story. I remember one time, um, you got any first love stories, dude? Nothing good. Nothing good? Nothing worth talking about. There was nothing good there. Um, Jeez. I don't know. What makes a good coming-of-age story? I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm scouring yeah. my brain. Tell me about it, man. Um, Well, let's think of a time that I came to age. You came to age. I came to age. Man, I'm really bad at growing up. This is a story up. called Roger. I feel com- like I'm still coming to age. Roger Moore comes to My age. My pack is starting to hurt, and I still feel like I'm 16 or 17. Oh, maybe I'm, 18. Yeah, we're a couple of little cuties. We ain't growing up. Um, I would say... Gosh, I'm really trying to think. So, what? I mean, what, what makes a coming of age story? It's got to be something where, like, I grew up a little. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah, you learned something. Something valuable. I learned something valuable. Um, man, this makes for great radio, right? You picked yeah. the wrong two people, Allie. I gotta tell yeah, you, yeah, we. I love we didn't you, age. Allie, I love <laughs> you from here to hell and back. But damn, this is this is the hardest question I've ever been asked. It is, it is tough. <laughs> Let's, mm. You want to pause again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, there's Too always many. that great story. This is way later in my life. All right, this bring is it. Like, I want to hear about like this. Twenty six or so. Jesus, you know, with my 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 current girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who you know before we were dating, I told her that she would be stupid not to date me because it's a little mean. Because I was like every Wait, single you gonna time do better? I talk, you know, like I I get into a girl or whatever, um, and I'm always super super nice, and then real nice guy. This yeah, week. I'm super nice guy. Jesus, and I was like, what what happens if I try just one time? If I'm just a total ass, that paid off for me. The worst. It's not make a, it sound bad or anything. Not a, not a lesson I was also very, very nice a whole lot, too. Oh, Jesus. Before, I, th- before I threw that one out there. So I learned Let's something that day. See. Nice guys, uh, they finished last. When you run out again, <laughs> don't pat yourself on the back. You might break your spine. All right. It's a little green day. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to think of a good coming of age. Um, don't swing your arms in a mosh pit. You might dislocate your shoulder. That's one you learned. Yep, learned that one. I sure as hell didn't learn that. Um, I I'm really having a time. If you're if you're, I think swing- what we're finding out is I've learned nothing. <laughs> if I've made it this far. If and you're on a nothing. swing set and the swing set is on a hill, don't jump off that swing set. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a really bad. Is that is, did you break your arm or something? No, I landed flat on my back. It, it winded don't, me. <laughs> I learned. Don't, uh, Roger learned not. Me. <laughs> Roger learned not to go fighting werewolves. He's got the scar to show it. Yeah. If your mom tells you there's a rotted piece of floor in front of a window, don't walk not in front to step of that on window. it. Don't immediately step on it. Don't, don't just, punch don't, out that window. Maybe you don't have to test that theory. Yeah. Maybe that's something you can just believe. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get those those fun pills and you get real loopy watching some Mushi Shi. I don't even know what that is. Um, you didn't watch Mushi Shi? Maybe I did and I don't recognize oh, it. Oh man, it's so good. I'm still trying to think of like shit. I learned I've learned nothing, I think is what we're finding out. I am a blank slate. <laughs> I'm I am the nothing boy. Brandon, the nothing boy. Um man, I'm really having a hard time here, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, unfortunately Brandon has never come to age. 
Yeah, I'm like a giant he has, baby. He has no coming of age. I'm stories. like a giant. Ba- I mean, I picked up stuff every now and then, like, but it's, I like, I just don't have stories about it. Nothing worth telling. I don't think. You it's had, all just like basic, like you know, you learn, you live, you learn. You don't get a good story out of it. <laughs> I think. Um, I'm really, oh, I'm man. really trying. I'm really thinking. Let's see, thirteen. 13 years of age. That about when you start whacking off? As you, see, you go right back to the Jizzwell <laughs> with this kid. You're a fucking bad person, Roger. <laughs> but you didn't answer the question. Um, you know, I honestly don't recall. I, mean, I, I Here's one I learned. Uh, when fucking people ask you about masturbating, maybe just don't talk to them. Maybe you just walk away because that's fucking weird. I don't know you asshole. No. <laughs> Well, I know you spanking that monkey now. <laughs> Fucking weird. Why you be? This is the worst conversation. This is the best one. Brandon's so uncomfortable. I'm very I can, uncomfortable. I can, what's happening I can right see now. the uncomfort radiating off of his. All right. Nice complexion. Well, we've had a great time today. Um. Uh, yeah, I got nothing, dude. I really got nothing. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything worth worth talking about. He's got nothing. Maybe he'll come back to it. Just don't be a jackass. I learned that. I don't remember when, and it wouldn't make a good story. Just don't be one. Just don't be a jackass. Um, uh, some people aren't worth trying to argue with and explain yourself to. Because people that matter don't mind. People in mind don't matter. I'm sure I heard that somewhere. I don't know where. It's a lesson I learned. It's, again, not a very good story. Um, I mean, I don't have any good stories is the problem. I just have, I, I have stories, but none of them are good. Um, man, this is getting really sad. I mean, I just haven't led a terribly exciting life, Roger. I mean, all my stories aren't about like learning lessons. They're all about like, you know, this shitty thing happened or I almost died or something. They're, but I didn't like necessarily learn anything. It was just like, yeah, that was a dumb thing and I don't do that. So I learned not to do that, I guess. Eh, I got I got basically nothing. Um, yeah, I don't know. When did when in your life did you start feeling like an adult? You kidding? <laughs> this is gonna turn this is gonna turn into therapy. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Well, this morning I woke do up. You, do you feel like adult? Let's Hell ask no, you that. dude. Oh, see, there no. you go. So what? What I've the fuck been... kind of question is that? Let's just let's just you know what. It don't all have to be animes and jizz jokes. Let's just have a talk, man. Like, do you, I mean, do you feel like, like a grown ass person, really? No, no, not really. I mean, I have a job. I make yeah. money. I don't feel like a. I left a job to do this. I asked the thing, like, you don't really, you don't really, like, have a moment when you're like, I'm was, an adult now, unless yeah. you, unless you specifically go for that. I think you just kind of realize that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, my, my parents didn't know what the hell they were doing. They were just living too. Yep, just just floating through the floating through the ages. Yeah, man. Um, people younger than me got fucking families and shit. I'm like, man, y'all can't possibly have it under control though. And hell no, they don't. What point in your life did you realize that you liked anime? Animes? Uh huh. I still wouldn't say I do. No. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Yeah, all right. You got them cartoons. They got them uh, uh, cool faces. I fell in love with anime very early. Very early. Pre-10 for sure. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, I loved it. 
And then just instantly anybody that I meet that loves anime, I bond with them. That's why we bond, dude. Because you love anime. You're a closet weep. I, I would never use those terms. When are you coming out of the closet? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm much a weep. I think, I think this... I think it's a more interesting podcast if you're like really gung ho about anime and I'm just like, yeah, this was cool. Yeah, but everyone knows you're full of shit though. Well, I mean, Tookie was giving me shit about that. He's like, you're the super, you're the super weeb, bro. You're in a tongue. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not. And he's like, you got an anime point. I'm like, you dick. I don't think I'm a super duper weeb. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really. I mean, I like I like some shows. Like, hey man, what are we you talked about this tonight? in episode zero, which I re-listened to not too long ago, like last week. Was it still good? It's still pretty good. It holds up. Nice. <laughs> our, our show holds up. Yeah, it holds up. After like twenty weeks, our show yeah. holds up. <laughs> okay, dude. Allie, thank you for your beautiful thank question you, that I could not give a decent answer to. We we got a little a little peek. I feel in the shitty about that. I feel really shitty about that. You that got I didn't a funny an story. Something happened to you that's really funny in your life. Um, let's see. Um. One thing I learned is uh, don't rely on other people to get you through shit necessarily. Unless uh, it's me. Specifically. Because I leave were, no soldier behind. I was driving, me and my buddy, me and my good buddy Adam, we were in the car. I was driving. He was passenger seat. We were following my good buddy Craig. Uh, we were going to a concert. He was driving. He had some other people in his car, and we were following him. And we were oh like, my God. Craig definitely knows where he's going. Did right? Craig get pulled over in this story? No, he didn't get pulled Damn. over in this story. This is a story where we were going down the highway, and this fool from the middle lane jumps across uh, the whole right lane of traffic to get through the exit. I'm still in the middle lane, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. And we end up like, slow going way too slow pulling over way too late and almost dying like three times it was really fucked up what makes that story even more fucked up is that just before we took that trip my good buddy adam was like hey bush you you, you drive you, you're a good driver i mean i've read it before but you're gonna you're like a you're gonna drive safer i was like yeah of course i always drive safe. He's like because i had a dream that you, i was riding with you i was in the passenger seat and you were driving and we like crashed and i felt myself dying man and i was like hey that's a really fucked up thing to say before we take this road trip so <laughs> so what well, i learned is i think what i learned there is don't follow craig use a fucking gps on your phone <laughs> all right i just learned another life lesson here another coming of age story don't it's not really coming of age it's just a life lesson Mm-hmm. Don't ask Brandon for a funny story because he's gonna give you something terribly horrible. That wasn't horrible. Where he almost died. That story was not die. funny, dude. All right, well, shit. Give me, I'm thinking something funny, you jackass. Nah, dude, we're closing her out, man. We have been rambling. I'll tell you, here's a funny story. I know, I got a real funny. Literally no, the no, hardest no, no, no. question. Here's the one. Here's the one. Here's the real funny story. One time I was hanging out Which with my I good buddy Roger, and we were hanging out, and it, he was he was having a little whiskey, and he had Damn some it, dude. Over. You're right. I peed my pants. <laughs> It happened. I peed him, dude. I just went outside to pee, and instead of instead of unzipping, I just peed my pants. I just peed all over myself. Now the world knows that I'm PP Roger. He was very PP drunk. PP He was very drunk. We were in the garage playing some Super Smash Brothers uh, on the on the Wii U. It was splash damage, dude. He swears to God it was splash damage. I was here's drinking what, those minor liquor. Here's what I here's what I know. I'm not saying it wasn't splash damage. I know that I was sitting there playing a game. We were all a little drunk. You walked past me in front of the TV, between me and the TV, to go out the door. 
You came back maybe a mi- half a minute, minute later, and when mm-hmm. you walked in and sat down, I smelt piss. Mm-hmm. And you don't smell piss unless mm-hmm. there's a significant amount mm-hmm. of piss. I looked at you, and I saw a streak going down one leg, and I was like, hey, man, did you piss yourself? <laughs> That's I, what I know. These are the facts. Now, I don't know that you pissed yourself. Maybe you just pissed so much. I was very intoxicated. <laughs> now, that's a funny fucking story. Don't give me no shit. And you learned a life lesson Brandon. there, which is don't piss yourself when Brandon's around because he will tell the whole fucking world on a goddamn podcast. Well, you didn't, you didn't You're get, welcome. You didn't get a chance to because I told everybody first that I pee my pants. Well, that's I fine. I didn't pee my pants, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, you denied it. Look at this asshole. I didn't pee him, dude. You peed your pants. God damn it. What What's the thing we're watching, bud? It's like Legend of something. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Legend Legends of the Fall. No. Le- uh, Legend of the Guardians. No. The Owls of Gehul. No. It's Legend of the Galactic le- Heroes. Let Legend Legacy of Kane. Die Nue Tese. There's no way that's how that's pronounced. There's no I'm way you're saying that. I'm pretty sure that's right. how. I'm pretty sure that's it's how. It's Die News Three. Yeah. E. I think it stands for the new thesis. The new thesis. The new thesis. It's like French or something, dude. There's Um, no way you're saying that right. You can find that on. No way you're saying that. You can find it on Crunchyroll or Funimation. Twelve episodes. It's called. So we're gonna break it up into to three. Three groups of four. Yeah, four episodes apiece. So next week, the first four episodes of the Legend of Galactic Heroes. Is it? I thought it was Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes. Okay, you still said it wrong. Shut up. <laughs> the legend of the galactic heroes. Listen, listen. He can't talk good, and Is he pisses himself. There? I don't know. Legend of the galactic heroes. I'm looking at it on my phone right now, on Crunchyroll, on Funimation, on Thing, on Verve. Suck my nuts. Legend of... I'm trying to think of one more. There's got to be one more legend of something. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's Legend of the Galactic Hero, uh, word that we don't know how to pronounce, and I'm not going to attempt to because yep. I'm not a jackass. <laughs> All right. You're closing us out, dude. I brought us in. All right. Well, let's start with the plugs. We got, uh, thank you again, Allie, for the wonderful question that I did not give a very good answer to, but we love you. We love you so much. Please keep them coming, everybody. If you want to leave us a question, you can uh, send us one to thegoodbuddiesanimepod at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, not going to spell it out because I'm not Roger and I don't pee my pants. Uh, we also have the Facebook group, The Good Bunnies Universe. You can uh, join that. You can send us questions and comments. Uh, you can listen to us wherever pop fine podcasts are sold, even though we don't sell ours. It is free. That's on, uh, you got your pod, uh, pod bay, your podcast Podbean. addict, your stitcher, mm-hmm. pod bean, of course. Love my beans. We're not on Spotify because fuck them. That's why. Yeah, I said it. Um, we also are on the Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, the YouTube. That is Rapid Kick Media. You might yes, be listening sir. to this right yes, now. Sir. But look, here's the important thing. Wherever you're listening to this, be it iTunes, YouTube, wherever, you should be able to leave us a question and or comment and or rating and we would implore you to do so because if you leave us a question pretty much anywhere we're going to find it and talk about it and maybe comment on it and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we also mm-hmm, do have mm-hmm, the Twitter mm-hmm. that is TGB, TGB underscore anime pod and uh-huh. it's all lowercase and we also have the Tumblr page that is thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com I think that's it for the main plugs. I would, of course, like yeah. to give uh, a shout-out to our good buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the mm-hmm. Mary Janes, for the use of our opening theme, Paper Doll. Don't want to be it, your paper doll! It rocks so hard, and it rips so many dicks. And it's you can great. download it for free on... It's on uh, uh, marriedwithseamonsters.bandcamp.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is completely free to download it there. Uh, they're also on Spotify. 
even though fuck Spotify. But uh, you can get all the cooler stuff on the Bandcamp. That's where all the parties at. Uh, we uh-huh. also want to give a shout out to our good buddy Petty Theft. He is on Twitter and also SoundCloud under Petty Theft. That is two P's at the beginning, two T's at the end. Pet Petty Theft. Really good shit. And I think that is it for this episode. So from all of us here at the Good Buddy Universe, I'm your good buddy Brandon. I'm your good buddy Roger. He pissed himself. No! <laughs> <laughs>